So, well, listen, it's a great movie. I know. Okay. <laughs> I know we usually go through a whole intro, uh, blah, 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 blah. Listen, I just want to get it up top in your face. This is a great movie. I had a blast. <laughs> like, we'll get to the review or whatever, but I just want you to know right now, we had a ball. Well, I did. I don't want to speak for you, right? I had yeah. a ball. Okay. Right. And uh, so anyway, <laughs> uh, hello, hi, welcome. The name of the show is Politics, although I call it Politics. And the title of this episode is Bo is Afraid. My name is Presh. And I am Ty. So, uh, well, first of all, I'm going to say we missed a week. Yes. It's been a, a tough week for me. Like at work, I had a lot of stuff to do. So we, you know, yeah. skipped a week. Yeah. The rationale was that like, you know, the, the podcast isn't fully uh, launched. launched yet. Uh, we were waiting for episode 10 to launch and... This is actually episode 10 that we're doing now. <laughs> so, yes, this is the last time we could, you know, do it before... Properly launching. Yeah, properly launching. So, yeah, I just took some time. Sorry if this offends, but, uh, yeah. Uh, so, it's been two weeks since we... Well, it's been, uh, it, I can't remember when exactly, but it's been quite a while since we last recorded. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's been about two weeks. Yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, anyway, the... You know, there's quite a lot of news and uh, at the end of, you know, with recommendations, there'll be quite a lot of things because, uh, yeah, I've just been watching a lot of stuff over two weeks. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, clean up from last week, right? Yes. So I apologize for the audio quality last week. I was listening back to it and uh, yeah, there were some fucked up moments. Yeah. yeah. You know, I've been beefing with the listeners about the length of the episodes. Yeah. But I believe that to be an illegitimate gripe. Okay. Right? And that's why I don't give a shit about it. <laughs> okay. This this is a legitimate gripe. Right? Yes. We, we're recording an audio medium and we, you know, should take care of the quality of the sound. Yeah. So, Makes you know. Sense. Yeah. I just wanted to, again, another, uh, up top, just apologize to the listeners. Yes. Although I wanted to say the movie's great first before. <laughs> that's much more important than uh, apologizing. And I'm still beefing about the... <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so this is... <laughs> episode 10 right so like i said when, when once it gets launched there'll be two different groups right yes there'll be the post 10s who's listening after it's been launched proper and the, yes. the pre 10s the OGs. Right? yeah but i'm beefing with the pre 10s the, <laughs> the pre 10s are the people who are telling me it's too long so <laughs> yeah maybe i like the post 10s a lot more okay yeah. so yeah We'll let's. Uh, all I'm saying is, let's not beef the post tense. Let's not. <laughs> <laughs> let's not engage in a you know, a negative way so early on. Let's slowly build up to hatred. <laughs> 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 you need some time to you know, get there. But yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I was mentioning Shane Black's detective movie. We were speaking about you know Iron Man three. Yeah. And I said it's a very good detective movie. And I couldn't remember the... So I mentioned uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. And I was trying to remember another detective movie I liked of his. Yes. It's called The Nice Guys. Okay. Starring The Goose and uh, Russell Crowe. Huh. The birds. Yeah. <laughs> the Goose and the Crow. <laughs> yes. Uh, at a lot. Uh, it came out in 2016. But I didn't watch it, you know, when it came out. I watched it like on TV years later. Yeah. But yeah great movie check it out if you (laughs) have a chance yeah and you know similarly in that vein we are speaking about Captain America uh, yeah what's the second one the Winter Soldier Soldier. right and it's it's based on 70s spy thrillers and I mentioned that I went back and I watched those 70s 
spy thrillers and the one I didn't mention was Three Days of the Condor <laughs> which is the most important one in relation to this because the the titular Condor is played by Robert Redford in you know in Three Days oh. of the Condor and he's okay. the bad guy in this movie so it's like a flip on that yeah that movie right but okay. uh, so in that movie he's the one like uh, there's like assassinations happening around him and he he's like he doesn't know what's going on in yeah. Captain America he's the one in charge of the assassination yeah, yeah right he's the one who knows his good. it's just a flip of that but yeah I forgot to mention that last week okay um, and I also spoiled the twist uh, you know about Hydra yeah, in agents of in in uh, Captain America. Yeah, but then I got very like protective about the twist in Agents of Shield. Yeah. but it's the same <laughs> twist. It's, <laughs> it's the exact same twist, right? Uh, in Agents of Shield, we find out Hydra was secretly inside Shield this whole time, and yes. in Captain America, we find out that same thing. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why I was fully like you know just spoiling the shit out of this one. I was like, when I get to the other point, I'm like, wow, I can't say this. It's too sacred. To <laughs> it's too sacred to mention this out loud. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah. So that's just the cleanup from last week. Do you have any cleanup? Can't say I do. We've touched on everything I was right. going to say. So let's get into the news of the week. Okay. So I watched this video of this fucking nerd threatening us. Right. <laughs> he was wearing a bow tie, and he has like a, I don't know. He speaks kind of like Ned Flanders a bit. <laughs> what? So he's the US ambassador to South Africa, right? Oh, I see. His name is Ruben Brigetti. Okay. He accused the country of covertly providing arms to Russia, a, char- hmm. a charge that drew an angry rebuke from Pretoria. Okay. Ruben Brigetti told a media briefing on Thursday that the US believed weapons and ammunition had been loaded onto a Russian freighter that docked at Cape Town Naval Base in December. Oh. We are confident that weapons were loaded onto that vessel, and I would bet my life on the accuracy of that assertion. That's exactly how we sound. Listen, listeners, pause and go listen to the the video of him. That's uh, sorry for playing a, a recording of him, but <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so according to the video of remarks, the arming of Russia by South Africa is fundamentally unacceptable. <laughs> And I just want to say first, I agree with him, right? If indeed we are secretly arming Russia in the war against Ukraine, that is horrible. It's not good. Yes. Right? I agree. My issue with this is the process. Yes. He should have gone to, you know, the relevant people, arranged a meeting and said, hey, we have intelligence that, you know, that you could have done something potentially wrong. Yeah. Speaking with the relevant people, resolved it, or if there is an issue... You know, yeah. then like go back to the U.S. Not go back, like uh, send word back to the U.S. that you know there, there's a situation developing, right? Yeah. But he immediately took it to the media. Yeah. And uh, so the thing is, regarding the war, we are non-aligned. Yes. Meaning we don't take a side. It's up to the people fighting the war. You know, the Russians and the Ukrainians to resolve the conflict. Yeah. That being said, not taking a side doesn't mean we ignore the issue. What it means is we should be trying to instigate and possibly broker peace talks between the two factions, right? Yeah. So we're on the side of peace. We're not on the side of Russia or Ukraine. Yeah. Right? No. No. The fact that this guy immediately took it to the media is why I say he's threatening us, right? Yeah. I viewed it as the U.S. trying to exert their influence on us using the media. Yeah. Right? All the ANC politicians who responded to this brought up the Iraq war. Okay. In which the U.S. lied about Saddam Hussein having weapons of mass destruction 
and they started a war over it, right? Yeah. Now, before the 2003 invasion, Iraq's domestic oil industry was fully nationalized and close to Western oil companies. Hmm. A decade of war later, it is largely privatized and utterly dominated by foreign firms. Well, that doesn't seem fair. Now, I assume that this is just a happy coincidence for the Americans. You know, oh yeah, <laughs> it wasn't explicitly their plan to this, but they just somehow ended up with the, you know, all the oil by mistake. It's not their fault. <laughs> you know, There's no way. Now <laughs> they so, could have taken the oil. Yeah. Anyway, all that to say, I personally think we should always view U.S. intelligence as suspect until backed up with independent proof. Right? Yeah, it's astounding that that country is still viewed as credible after the Iraq debacle. It's been twenty yeah. years, right? Yeah. It, and they've been never been, you know, like taken to account over it. Yeah. A million dead Iraqis. Yeah. But anyway, let's just uh, move, move on. on. Right. So a few weeks ago, we spoke about Tucker Carlson getting fired from Fox. Yeah. Was that on the last episode? Uh, I think so. Yeah. As I far as I can recall, it was. I don't know. But anyway, uh, so this week he announced that he'll be doing a new version of his show now on Twitter. So he didn't mention if it's exclusively on Twitter, but he didn't say, hey, I'm going independent and my content will be on the internet. He specifically mentioned Twitter. Okay. Which is why I assume it's exclusive to Twitter. Yeah. Right? And my initial thought was that he signed some sort of deal with, uh, you know, Twitter to exclusively produce content there. Yeah. But Elon Musk tweeted, I also want to be clear that we have not signed a deal of any kind. Hmm. Right. So, okay. Uh, I thought he tweeted this to avoid any liability, as Tucker has a non-compete clause in his contract in signing a, a deal with Twitter or another like right-wing news, quote-unquote news organization, mm-hmm. would mean he's in violation of that, right? Yeah. But Carlson's lawyers have come out and said that the non-compete clause is null and void due to Fox violating the contract. Okay. So in light of this, it seems a strange decision to go independent, and especially to tie yourself down to one. Put- platform in particular without a deal yeah like yeah you know you'd assume he'd go to like youtube yeah uh i don't know what are the other platforms (laughs) i don't know twitch instagram yes yes or right he wouldn't specifically be or exclusively be on twitter could get an OnlyFans. yeah again maybe this is just me misunderstanding and he does plan to go to all these things and he just said twitter as like a that's kind of like, like his base example. of operations and then yeah the uh, new but he, he still puts stuff out but uh, yeah yeah but anyway um so if you are trying to reach the widest audience possible i think he'd take a deal with a smaller right-wing quote-unquote news network like Newsmax or OAN, you know, obviously yeah. because Fox. Yeah. Fox fired him and I doubt he'd get like a, a job at like a CNN, yeah. MSNBC, etc. So a smaller yeah. right-wing organization, like I said, Newsmax, OAN, yeah. and then post episodes from his show to as many sites as possible. So like the YouTube, you know what yeah. we just talked about now. Yeah. So he's both getting money from, you know, the corporation. Yeah. And he's getting independent, you know, like ad money from YouTube, etc. Yeah. Stuff like that, right? Makes sense. Uh, because the majority of older people don't watch things on the internet. Yeah. And the majority of younger people don't watch TV. Yeah. So if he's on the TV and then spreading those clips online, it would, you know, you'd find the most amount of people. But if he's only on the internet and specifically only on Twitter, that limits his reach, you know, greatly. Yeah. (laughs) I've seen a lot of people say, well, because his nightly show pulls in uh, three and a half million viewers every 
that. Oh, that he was doing every evening, right? That's a lot. And their whole point is that Twitter has like 500 million active users. Yes. So that's a bigger potential audience. Technically. Yes, but uh, first of all, you have to account, well, not account, just realize that uh, Instagram, oh, sorry, Facebook has 1.2 billion yeah. uh, active users, <laughs> yeah. right? It's double the amount of people on Twitter. Yeah. So if you're, you know, first of all, just tying yourself down to Twitter, you're definitely not reaching the yeah. <laughs> the biggest audience yeah. possible, right? Definitely not, yeah. So, uh, I'd, yeah, so that's what I was saying. I think that's how you'd make the most money, just go into a small right-wing news organization, spreading your things online and, uh, yeah. yeah. But the only, like, angle I can see in favor of being independent is that he has less oversight. Yeah. And he can just say whatever he wants to say as opposed to you know, if he were at uh, Fox still, he... Yeah. Uh, but that being said, while he was at Fox, he just... He said <laughs> everything anyway. <laughs> he, he spread white nationalist conspiracy <laughs> theories on air, bro. And they took those clips and put it online onto YouTube. It's like, what... what, How, <laughs> how racist are the things you actually want to say that you can't say it on Fox News? It's so... You know, <laughs> I, I shudder to think what the <laughs> well, what this guy will actually do. You know, given less oversight, yeah. right? But anyway, we'll just have to see and you know wait and see how it plays out. Yeah. Uh, he obviously has more information than me, so there must be some method yeah. to the madness I'm just not seeing. Yeah, obviously. so yeah, again, <sighs> the same dipshit. Twitter owner Elon Musk announced in a tweet on Friday that Linda Yaccarino a veteran media executive who led advertising at NBC Universal for more than a decade will succeed him as the platform's next CEO. Mm-hmm. I, I'm excited to welcome Linda Yaccarino as the new CEO of Twitter, Musk wrote. What? Why are you laughing? <laughs> Nothing. That's always me. <laughs> Yaccarino will focus primarily on business operations while I focus on product design and new technology. <laughs> Musk continued, looking forward to working with Linda to transform this platform into X, the everything app. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because it I'm, sounds I'm reading German. His, I'm, reading, <laughs> I'm reading his quote. <laughs> I'm reading the quote. That's how it sounds on the, on the page. <laughs> right. Um... So anyway, the obvious angle everyone who's reported on this has taken to make fun of her name, right? Uh, I just want to take the high road and ignore it. But it's just too funny. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and no. again, uh, you know I mentioned Ned Flanders. Yes. <laughs> name sounds like what Ned Flanders would say when he's about to throw up. Oh, <laughs> he's no. like, oh no, I'm not feeling well. I'm about to yiddly yiddly yakarino. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> this poor lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyway, his like right wing fans are upset because apparently she used to work for the World Economic Forum. So oh. Do you know what that is? Something. <laughs> <laughs> okay, have you heard the word Davos? Yes. So it's a meeting between like rich people every oh. year, right? Okay. That's the World Economic Forum. It takes place in Davos. Ah, Davos right, is okay. the area in which this meeting takes place. Okay. So Makes it's sense. like a. It was started by a German engineer. His name is Klaus Schwab. Ah, okay. Right, and he uh, he's a big time enemy of the right wing. Oh, right. He, okay. They, um, like, so their their goal is to promote capitalism around the world. Okay. But uh, so you'd assume the right wing would be in favor of them. 
Yeah. But the... How can I say this? They want a, a fairer version of capitalism. Okay. Like what they do in Denmark and Norway. Oh, right. I see. Okay. Like with lots of social programs as well as, yeah. uh, you know, like a strong public sector. Yeah. But it's still capitalism. Yeah. So they want to reform capitalism to make it work. Yes. So <laughs> the right wing are very upset with this uh, for whatever reason, right? Uh, you know, but the left wing critique of this is that this is just a group of elites of rich people, you know, changing the world how they want it. Yeah. That shouldn't be the case. Uh, these are unelected people. These are just like business people that have money. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. You know, government is what speaks for the people because they are elected. Yeah. We never elected these rich people to, you know... To talk for us. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's why, you know, that's... And obviously, they, their base goal is to spread capitalism. Yeah. We don't want that. We want to get rid of capitalism. We think it's a broken system. Yes. The left. I mean, yeah. Right. Not, no, not you and me. <laughs> not, I, well, I do, not you. <laughs> you are a right-winger. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Crazy right-winger. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, obviously, our critiques of the world economic are very vastly different. Yes. But the right wing's critiques of them are very kind of bizarre. You think they'd be in favor of a lot of what the World Economic Forum does, but yeah, never. There's a lot of like conspiracy theories around them that like oh yeah, of course they spreading like the corona the vaccine for the coronavirus <laughs> is killing people and they oh, they yes. helping spread it stuff like that. Like it's okay. uh, it doesn't make much sense, but it's out there. It's it makes sense to them, right? Yeah, it's. Uh, but yeah, anyway, so <laughs> there, there's a lot of people very angry with Linda Yaccarino being appointed. Okay. Yeah. But for very vastly different reasons. Yeah. That, that's what I'm trying to get at, yeah. Okay. Uh, the last bit of news uh, is the Killers of the Flower Moon trailer. Yeah. Came out this week. Yeah. I had a blast. <laughs> yeah. I sent it to you immediately. Yeah. <laughs> we will definitely be covering this, you know, again. And unless I fall down that ditch <laughs> and you take control of the show. Yeah. What a movie, uh, you know, it's looking. Uh, the yeah. early reviews are, you know, coming out because it premiered at a, a festival. Yeah. And the, the the trailer was released to the public and the movie came out at the festival. So we're yeah. getting like a few reactions from critics who were there at that f- festival and they're all saying yeah. it's an outstanding movie. So I'm very, yeah. very uh, excited Oh, yeah, as well. <laughs> this is the same as like uh, you know last week I came here and I'm like oh, I don't really watch uh, trailers but I, yeah. I watch the Dune trailer yeah. <laughs> I'm coming back here again like oh, I don't really watch trailers but uh, yeah Killers of the Flower Moon yes I try yeah. to avoid trailers but sometimes you know the hype gets to yeah. <laughs> you yeah. you just have to watch it yeah right so yeah yeah uh, any news from you yeah I've got some um, Eddie Murphy is in talks to be the new experience Inspector Clouseau in the new Pink Panther movie. I've heard about this. Yeah. Um, although, uh, strangely, according to reports from EmpireOnline.com, it's going to utilize a blend of live action and CG yes. to see. And the, the Pink Panther will be an actual yeah. character in the movie. Though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the animation from the beginning of the movies. Yeah. I, I I don't know. That's that seems very hit or miss. Yeah. It's either they'll do it really well or it'll be an absolutely terrible movie. Well, maybe not terrible movie, but 
terrible use of the Pink Panther. Yeah, I'm going to say something potentially offensive. Okay. I haven't found Eddie Murphy funny in quite a long time. <gasps> <laughs> if I'm being honest with you, he's done a lot of a lot better like dramatic work. Yeah. Do you know Dolomite is my name? No. Okay, it's a movie that came out in 2019 starring oh. him. It was a more okay. dramatic role, less comedic, and uh, I really liked him there as opposed to he was in. I can't remember. <laughs> I saw him in a comedic role recently. Yes. Was it coming to America too? Uh, I think so. Maybe. Whatever. <laughs> Just uh, I. I. My point being, I haven't found Eddie Murphy funny in quite a while, so yeah. I don't know how I how excited I am about this. Yeah. But anyway, yes. I mean the the last line of the article that I read said. Uh, it seems that Murphy is going full Norbert, and you never go full Norbert. Mm. Well, he did already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of already yeah. did that. So He's the, the, the one person. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah, that's. Is that all that, your news? Well, my other news was Killers of the Flower Moon, but oh, we covered that. So all right. Yeah. So context for the movie. All right. Okay. In the last decade or so, we've seen the rise of independent distribution companies you know, yep. breaking into the business, such as Annapurna. Have you heard of them? No. All right. Neon? No. All right. And A24? Have heard of them. Right. We mentioned them, I think, in the Oscar episode. Yes. Because, they, yes, yeah. they, their movie, yeah. uh, Everything Everywhere, won the Oscar. Yeah. But it did. Basically, their movies clean swept, uh, best picture, best director... The four acting categories. Yeah. Seems right. seems like a good turnout for them. Yeah. So the the directors of Everything Ever won Best Director. Yeah. That movie won Best Picture. Yeah. Michelle Yeoh won Best uh, Actress. Actress. Yeah. Uh, Kihi Kwan won Best Supporting Actor. Yeah. Brendan Fraser from The Whale, another A24 movie, won Best Actor. Yeah. And Best Supporting was... I have no idea. <laughs> I, I have absolutely no idea. Um, well, I'll just Google. But yeah. <laughs> the point being, <laughs> they, they, they've, you know, they started in like 2010, 2011, around there. Yeah. So a 12-year-old company, they, they swept the major categories at the Oscars. You know, it's uh, yeah pretty good. Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, she was in, also in Everything Everywhere. Yeah. Yes, yeah. But uh, I don't, I don't think she deserved it. But ne- yeah. we spoke about yeah, this last episode. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, this is the first A twenty four episode that we're doing on the main feed. Yeah, and uh, in that Oscar episode, I mentioned that like I think incredibly highly of the A twenty four movies. They have a very good eye for talent. Yes, right, and picking yeah. movies to distribute. But yeah. Uh, it's very difficult to <laughs> go see an A24 movie. They only show it in this one theater that we yeah. went to uh, to watch Bo's Afraid. Yeah. Right? Uh, it's very rare that, like, it becomes more popular and it goes into, like, wider release and we, uh, you know, yeah. can see it easily. So, yeah. yeah, that's my problem. A distribution company that can't distribute, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, obviously, at the same time, they're very small. They're independent, so it's harder yeah. for them to distribute. So, uh, yeah. to an extent, I understand. But you know, it still sucks. Yeah, <laughs> I don't does. like it. Yeah, uh, you know, just because I understand something doesn't mean I have to like it. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Neon. Oh, uh, sorry. Never mind. Okay. Both Annapurna and Neon are better about getting movies into wider circulation. Yeah. Right. But I digress. <laughs> we're, okay. we're not yet to slam A24. Right. So we were able to see this picture and I had a blast. Yeah. Right. We we went together. We saw it at this. Uh, it's co- I can't remember. The, it's called the Rosebank something. Novo. No. The, the, uh, the, the mall. Rosebank mall. Is that it? Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, yeah. Um. So we, two of us, and yeah, my friend that did shrooms, not me. Yeah, came with us. Yeah, right. Just yeah. the three of us, three people. Yeah, not two people, three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If we're counting the numbers, one, two, three. <laughs> yes, the three of us. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, we went to the park first, walk and walked around. We did. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> nice time. Yeah. <laughs> right. Anyway, uh, then we went to the movies and we'd never been to the... Well, I had never been to that theater before. I think you have. No. Not... Didn't you not tell me you went... Like your friend lives near there and you went there? No. I... That was a completely different story about watching Black Panther in an empty theater. All right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I really like that theater. Yes. I just want to say uh, I actually went back there Oh Okay <laughs> And I plan to go back there again This week for uh, Fast X Which we will be covering next week Yeah So Yeah, yeah I just had a great time Nice uh, it, it was like um, They had this like felt Like fabric Yeah On the seats And like the The sides of the The theatre Yeah It felt very like cozy Yes Yes Yeah <laughs> Yeah, the only thing is uh, the bathroom is very far away. Well, from that specific yes, yeah. theater, yeah. But yeah, I needed to pee. Yeah. <laughs> so I went like to pee like three or four times. <laughs> yeah. So yes, the next day I went back and I watched Boys Afraid again. <laughs> so, you know, it's the James Cameron uh, Avatar 2 thing. Yeah. Right. Uh, in an interview, they, they asked James Cameron, you know, with the new Avatar being so long, well, what do you say to a movie goes who may need to go to the bathroom and might miss certain plot points? Yeah. It's like, well, they can find out what happens when they come back to watch it a second time. <laughs> right. Thank you, Big Jim. <laughs> right. That, that's, you know, when you make a great movie, the the length doesn't matter. Yeah. If you need to go pee, you'll just come watch it again because it's so excellent. Yeah. Right. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, when the movie ended, uh, I said, uh, this might be the best, or not might be. I mean... This is the best episode, except for Avatar, yes. that we've covered on this pod. Yes. And it might be better than Avatar. Yes. Uh, after thinking about it for like two weeks, I don't think it's better than Avatar. Okay. But it's still very good. Okay. Yeah. All right. But anyway. <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, the only th- so I like the theater, but I-, I didn't like the shopping center that it was situated in. Okay. Just first of all, I get uncomfortable in bourgeois settings. Fair enough. Right. It makes me... <laughs> Which this was. Yes. Yeah. Like my, my friend, he... Uh, well, we go to this club. Yeah. They like to go then. I don't like it. It's very like upscale. Oh. I don't... I don't like it. Okay. I'm just a working class guy. Yeah. You know? Places like that. Uh, yeah. I find it upsetting. Fair enough. Nevertheless. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> right. Signal for when we came out of that elevator was like smack dab in the middle of like an endless shop. <laughs> right. It was not in. Okay. We yeah. walked out 
I look to the left, I look to the right, and it's just shop all the way, right? And then you had to go find a... You know, like in uh, in movies when like there's an army going yeah. from place to place, they send scouts out. Yeah. You went like a scout and you went to go find the exit. And then you came back to find me. That's how just vast this fucking shop is, bro. Walking into an endless shop is like one of my nightmares. Being trapped in an endless shop. Right? So anyway... If we could somehow take that theater yeah. out of that sh- shopping center yes. and put it in my bathroom <laughs> so, <laughs> so I can use the toilet while I'm watching, <laughs> this, that would be the ideal situation, you know. It, it might be uncomfortable, possibly inconvenient for the other moviegoers, but yeah, that's, man, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, that, that's really not my problem. <laughs> I really, that really has nothing to do with me. <laughs> if they just see a guy take your shirt while they <laughs> they're trying to watch a romance movie, and we just hear, <laughs> oh no, the sound effects. That's really not my problem. not my problem. <laughs> Anyway, the next bit of context is that a couple of years after being created, uh, H24 started to produce their own films as well. Yeah. So not just distributing, they, you know, they got the director, they got the actors, they, you know, yeah. financed the thing and then they made it and then they distributed it. Yes. So their first, the first one they did, uh, they produced was Barry Jenkins' 2016 movie Moonlight. Yeah. Which also won Best Picture. Yeah. That was the first movie they produced and it won Best Picture, which is which, you know, yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then flash forward a couple of years to 2018, right? Yeah. They produced and distributed the horror movie Hereditary. Yes. Working with first-time director Ari Aster. Yeah. Uh-huh. So uh, he had made a couple of short films, but this was his first feature film. All right. Because okay. I was kind of like... Uh, uh, shocked I'm like how did this guy <laughs> just out of nowhere get a, a feature film but yeah. the, I realized that he had a bunch of uh, short, short, films. short films that they yeah. like saw and they you know they yeah. saw the vision they were like why don't you come join us right yeah so yeah um, when it came out it was A24's highest grossing movie of all time at that point yeah uh, at time of recording it's number two behind last year's everything everywhere all at once which is fair yeah, yeah. <laughs> which uh, again, uh, Academy Award winner, yeah, uh, for Best Picture, yeah, and it swept all the, <laughs> yeah. the acting, yeah, except for Best Actor. But yeah, never mind, we're getting off track, right? Yes, um, we will possibly be covering covering Hereditary on the Patreon feed. It's not decided yet. I want to uh, pitch a few things, okay, right? But anyway, I just wanted to mention this before we, you know, for the rest of the podcast, yeah. Not this particular podcast, I mean... But the rest of all podcasts that we do. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Yes. (laughs) Hereditary and other movies like The Babadook and The Witch gave birth to this internet phrase, elevated horror. Have you heard of it? Yes, vaguely. So horror in the past has been looked at as like schlocky, lower class entertainment, right? Yeah. And this phrase is supposed to convey that this is a horror movie with prestige, so it needs to be differentiated from other horror movies. Okay. You know, that this is like uh, Oscar-worthy yeah. horror as opposed to, you know, Just, low-level schlock. Yeah. Uh, personally, I don't use this phrase because I think it's bullshit. Right? Yeah. I yeah. view all genres as prestigious, you know, uh, including horror. So, yeah. I don't feel the need to ever say or ever differentiate between, oh, this is a 
elevated horror and this is a non-elevated horror. You know, yeah. just they just horror movies. Yeah. Right. So that's fair. Yeah. If at any point you listen to this podcast and think, why isn't why, why are they not saying elevated horror? Yeah. That's exactly why. Because it's just regular horror. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, following the success of Hereditary's next movie came out the following year titled Midsummer. Yes. So I actually saw Midsummer before I saw Hereditary. Okay. Yes, because uh, uh, reasons. <laughs> because reasons. Um, like the people who. Uh, well, well, the thing is, I'm not a big horror fan. We've spoken about yeah. this, right? I, yes. I've never been into horror up until when the pandemic happened, and I started watching a bunch of movies. Yeah. I started watching horror movies as well. Yeah. And then I saw Midsummer. Yeah. And I liked it. I was like, okay, this is cool. Let me see what the first thing this guy did. Yeah. Hereditary was far superior to Midsommar to me. Okay. But I, I actually find people arguing online about which is better. Okay. So, uh, you know, there are people who love Midsommar more than Hereditary. Hereditary but, yeah. uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> to each their own. Yes, to each their own. My, my, yeah. my point being, uh, you know, it, this is a folk horror movie, not a... Yes. It's, it's also kind of traditional horror, but it's not... Like Hereditary yeah. is more I don't know how to describe it Elevated horror <laughs> <laughs> Oh really? <laughs> Elevated horror you say No just uh, It's more conventional horror as opposed to <laughs> Okay uh, Yeah Midsommar Yeah Right And when this came out it was the fifth highest grossing A24 movie Yeah And is currently sixth again due to Everything Everywhere Taking yeah. top spot last year Of course Yeah So are you familiar with the concept of One for you One for me um the well it it's like you know when people are sharing sweets and they've got like a packet of sweets and then they'll one for you yes. one for me yeah yes how does that relate to this situation though i have no idea you just brought up that small all right okay <laughs> cool one for you one for me one for you in this situation is when like directors have some clout right okay they make a movie that uh, becomes a success they they have some you yeah. know, leverage against the studio. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They they don't have to do what the studio suggests. Okay. So, uh, the most successful uh, example of this is Christopher Nolan. Okay. Right? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Let me just start. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. So, it's when a director gets some clout so they're able to work on passion projects instead of in between doing fa- franchise films for the studio. Right. Okay. It's understood that the passion project will not make as much money as the franchise film would, yeah. but they need to keep the director happy and repay the success the director has brought to the studio, okay. you know, with the prior movie. Yeah. It's similar to a blank check. Yeah. But while a blank check is after a massive success and happens once. Yeah. So, you know, like uh, the Wachowskis with The Matrix. Yeah. They That was their, like... It's a big it's, success. Yes, it's a big success. It's not like a modest, like... Yeah. You know, I said Hereditary was the A24's highest grossing movie. Yeah. But A24 is an independent studio. Yeah. You know, it's it's kind of chump changed in comparison to, you the, know, like... The a, big boys. A Disney, uh, Fox. Well, Fox is part of Disney now. Yeah. My, my point being, it's, it's, it's not as big as it is with a major. Yeah. Right, so... They're not giving him a blank check, but they are trying to repay his... You know, success, success with the company, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, so, like I said, the blank check happens once. 
Yeah. One for me, one for you happens over the course of years and is an ongoing negotiation. Okay. Right. The most successful example of this that I can think of is Christopher Nolan. Okay. He did Batman Begins, the one for them. Yeah. Then he does The Prestige, the one for him. <coughs> Bless you. It's Thank the you. the movie about the battling uh, magicians. Yeah. Have you seen it? No. All right. Um then he does The Dark Knight, the one for them. Yeah. Then the next one for him is Inception. Yeah. Right. But now due to the popularity of The Dark Knight and Christopher Nolan as a brand, the one for him is also a huge yeah. success, right? Yeah. Then he does The Dark Knight Rises obviously for them. Yeah. And then again, his one for him is a massive financial success which is Interstellar. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So ideally the studio wants this scenario with every director. Yeah. But unfortunately, you know, at the time of recording this movie is a is at a huge financial loss. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. It was made for 35 million. Okay. But it's only made 10 million. Okay. And remember when we spoke about uh Hollywood accounting? Yeah. Right. They don't include distribution costs. Yeah. So 35 million is production costs. Yes. So you usually double it to get the full total. Yeah. So if they spend 35 million on creating it, they usually spend 35 million or thereabouts. Uh, distribution marketing marketing that yeah. kind of stuff yeah. so the true uh value obviously we don't know the true value this is just an estimate is, yeah. is around 70 million which is a lot right yeah. and it made 10 million oh so it's yeah. <laughs> a, a massive uh flop no it's it's right there it's so close to breaking even <sighs> but anyway uh even though it's a financial massive financial flop I believe yeah. that it's a creative success. Okay. Right? They made an excellent movie and held on to a top-tier talent in Ari Aster. Yeah. And I assume his next movie will be a conventional horror movie again. Yeah. You know, to repay A24 for letting him do this movie. Yeah. So that's why I said it's a one for them, one for me. Yeah. You're, it's an ongoing... Yeah. Uh, you know, because if Bo's Afraid would have done, you know, would have made lots of money, they, yeah. that would have become a blank check. Yeah. then he could just do whatever he wouldn't need to do a horror movie again to yeah. appease the studio yeah <laughs> you get what i'm saying yeah 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 the last bit of context is that Joaquin Phoenix starred as the Joker yes that he did it wasn't uh the movie immediately prior to this it was two movies ago yeah the movie immediately prior to this was a movie called come on come on okay have you seen it no so it's an a24 movie Okay. And uh yeah, yeah okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so that's <Makes> it. <laughs> that I think that was his first A24 movie. Okay. Yeah. Right. And they got him within the system so now yeah. you know they just getting some of their top talent together to yeah, make a movie. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, this is Arias's one for him and he has made a bizarre and confusing movie. Yes. Right. Can't so movies like this yeah. have the potential to start arguments. Yeah. And I've been around the block enough times to know how the discourse about these types of movies go. Yes. So have you seen okay. uh Charlie Kaufman's I'm I'm thinking of ending things. No. And Darren Aronofsky's Mother. Also no. So they they very like confusing low okay. concept movies. Okay. So certain people will say it's brilliant, certain people will say it's confusing and they don't like it and the first group will you know condescendingly say, "Well, you only think it's bad because you don't understand." Yeah. And like this starts a bitter back and forth between the two parties. Okay. Yeah. So just because someone doesn't like something doesn't mean they don't understand it. Yeah. Right? But even if they didn't understand it, they could still just find the movie boring and aren't bothered with finding out the meaning. Yeah. Right? That's totally fine. Yeah. I don't like arguing about personal taste. 
Okay. I just yeah. dis- I just respectfully disagree and state why I find it compelling or don't. Yeah. But okay. I do take on any legitimate criticisms they may have and add it to my thoughts because yeah, it's legitimate. It's, yeah, <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> right. Uh, I try not to judge other people about their taste in movies. Like yeah. on this podcast, I only get upset when you haven't seen a movie. Yeah. Not a, your opinion on a movie. Yeah. But for whatever reason, people find me to be judgmental. Yeah. I don't know why. I think it's maybe like tone of voice or like yes. my facial <laughs> expression. People think I'm being like... A little, little bit of both. Yeah, well, yeah. well whatever, right? But I, I, I don't intend it, but that's how I come off. Yes. Right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, lastly, I'm not trying to say I quote-unquote get this movie either, right? Okay. I'm just offering my interpretation. Okay. It could be 100% incorrect. Right? Yeah. Like I said, this movie is confusing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. The yeah. only person who know what it truly means is Ariaster. Yes. And I guess like uh, people he's told about it. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. yeah I, he's <laughs> well, probably told someone yeah. about. Or may, maybe it even if he's told somebody what it what it means, they may not fully grasp. Yeah. What it means to him. Yeah. So I still think it's he's the only one who truly know. But well, yeah. well whatever we're getting uh, distracted with nonsense, right? A little bit. So moving on, right? I'm in the first camp. I think this movie is brilliant. Yeah. Okay. The basic plot of this movie is that Bo's mother dies and he has to go back home to attend her funeral. Yes. Right? That's a very basic plot, but yes. So the first added layer is that Bo is a man suffering from severe anxiety and paranoia. Right? So this makes him view the world in a surreal way, which makes him an unreliable narrator. Yes. This means what's happening on screen is not what's actually happening we're viewing the world through his paranoid and anxious eyes. Okay. Right. Some people have said that they didn't like that everything was surreal. They'd have preferred to have some clearly real scenes and some clearly fantastical scenes so that the contrast is apparent. Yeah. You know, like, uh, they know, okay, this is real. We can, like, hold on to this. Yeah. That kind of thing, yeah. right? To ground them. Yes. But I take the opposite position, right? If you don't know what's important, then everything is important. Okay. Right? I think we should go through it scene by scene and say what parts I think are real and what parts I think are hallucinations. Okay. Right? Fair. Yeah. As opposed to... So, in the first couple of weeks, we were trying. I was trying to go through it, you know, scene yeah. by scene. Yeah. But I realized that just took way too long. So, yeah. I split it up into my thoughts. But with this movie, I think, you know, because of this added layoff, yeah. we don't know what's real, what's not. I think we should go scene by scene and say, this is real, this is not real. Okay. Yeah. Right? Okay. The next thing is this movie is very Jewish. Oh, I thought we were going to do the scene, but okay, never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, oh, right, okay, it, right, okay. The next thing is this movie is very Jewish. Okay, I'm not bringing very, the... very Jewish. No, I'm not like a secret Hitler <laughs> 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 trying to bring this up. Like, hey guys, these guys are Jews. No, <laughs> <It's just> so... <laughs> so Ari Aster has described this movie as the Jewish Lord of the Rings, right? He was obviously being tongue-in-cheek with that comment, but he clarified that by saying it is very Jewish and it is three hours long. So right? he said it's very Jewish. Yes. Okay, so then it's fine. I don't know precisely what he meant by very Jewish, but in popular culture, Jewish mothers are overbearing, like the mother in this movie, yeah. and Jewish men are very anxious, which Bo is. Yeah. Right? So that that's what I assume he means. Right? Yeah. Right. Well, partly what I assume he means, right? Okay. Also, Joaquin Phoenix is Jewish. Okay. And Ariaster. Uh, also Jewish. Jewish. Okay. Yes. Right? Okay. I also bring this up because this is clearly a retelling of Homer's The Odyssey. 
you know, which yeah. is a Greek story. Yeah. But Astor says, quote, Greek tragedies are always always really made me laugh because the gods in those plays are so petty and ridiculous. They're always punishing people for not honoring them in the right way. And I thought, oh, that's very Jewish. That's like the most <laughs> Jewish thing. <laughs> End quote, right? Okay. So another reading of the events that befall him is that the gods are playing tricks on him, like the gods in a Greek tragedy would. Yes. Right? Cruel twists of fate just happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Right? Now, do you know what an incel is? For the first... Well, not for the first time, but... Uh, how do I describe this? Basically, for the first time in a while, I do actually know something you're talking about. All right. And we mentioned this on an episode a couple of weeks ago, I think. Yeah, probably. An involuntary celibate. Yes. Yeah. They, um, they, uh, they see themselves as, I don't want to say they see themselves as perfect, but they see other people as the problem as to why they aren't, um, like in a relationship or yes yeah in short that that's yes right yeah it's an online subculture of people who define themselves as unable to get a romantic or sexual partner despite desiring one yes and first of all let's be clear finding love is difficult you know even at the best of times that is true yeah lots of people who don't have romantic or sexual partners these people are just unlucky in love right an incel is a specific thing yes an incel blames the other person for not wanting them Yes. Instead of seeing the situation holistically and recognizing there could be many factors why the situation didn't work out. Yeah. You know, that person, they just got out of a relationship. They're not ready to, you know, start dating again. Or, you know, there could be a million reasons, right? Yeah. That's the first thing. The second thing is they don't turn it inwards on themselves and say, what can I improve about myself to, you know, make myself more appealing? Yeah. Right. And again, you know, I said that uh, this is an online subculture. Yes. So they kind of only deal with themselves. Yeah. They, they have very few in real life friends. Yeah. And this is not to mock them or, you know, be, be mean or anything. Uh, yeah. I'm saying this is a problem. Yeah. Because the people online in these chat rooms that they speak to about incels, they, they kind of give like bad advice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, like uh, a lot of them commit su- suicide. Yeah. Because they, you know, like, uh, they they just like I don't want to say their problems are made up. Yeah. But they they kind of create problems. Well, not create problems for themselves. It's it's hard to describe yes, what they uh, do. Yes. So it's uh, so it's usually guys. I should say that. Yes. Right? Uh, there are female incels, but they are extremely few and far between, right? Yes. It's something like 97% male, 3% female, right? Yeah. So you see a lot of misogyny. Yes. That women are to blame because... Uh, so much misogyny. Right? Yeah. It's women's fault that they're not, you know, more successful in relationships. Yeah. And again, <laughs> the core of uh, what they should be doing is improving themselves. Yes. But... I would say improving themselves is what we would tell the unlucky in love people. Yes. These incels, even if they improve themselves, I don't think they would be able to get into relationships, right? Okay. Their mind is so poisoned. Yeah. Like, uh, it's so misogynistic that if they go out on a date, they would just say like, oh, women are like this, you know, say something upsetting. Yeah. Then 
you know, in their date, the woman yeah. feels upset and then they, they yeah. break it off and that reinforces their idea of the world that like, yeah. oh, I don't do anything wrong. She is just against me or something like that. Right? Yeah. It perpetuates the victim complex. Yeah. So, uh, in, since like 2014, yeah. things have turned violent. Okay. There's a lot of mass shooters who self-identify as incel. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They, uh, they're kind of like, well, it's a cruel world. Nobody uh, cares about me, so I don't give a fuck about the world. Yeah. That, that's their, like, reasoning, right? Yeah. They're like, they feel, like, unseen. Yeah. Again, because they, they don't have lots of friends, they feel very isolated, they feel alone, right? Yeah. And these people online, like, goad them into, you know, violence or taking their own life or... Yeah. There's not positive people on there, you know, giving them good advice and saying, hey, uh, I'm sorry that, uh, you know, this situation didn't work out for you, but you're still, uh, you know, you still have value as a person. You shouldn't let that define you. Yeah. You know, they're saying, oh, that, uh, you know, situation (laughs) didn't go right. It's her fault. She's she's such a bitch and no girl will like you. You should kill yourself. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. But you... You know, you think to yourself, okay, if people are being so mean, why why would you continue interacting with them? Yeah. Like I said, they're isolated. They don't have yeah. in real life friends that are, you know, supportive of them and, uh, yeah. you know, that can help them work out of their negative thoughts. Yeah. Right. So improvement wouldn't work on insults. They yes. need to go to like therapy to, you know, deprogram their minds from uh, this kind of thinking. Yeah. Right. Yes. And again, they, they the main kind of complaint is that nobody gives a shit about them. Yeah. So, so uh, let's start giving a shit about them. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, these guys are very like abrasive. Like I said, yes. misogynistic. Yeah. So it's it's difficult because they have these you know weird upsetting right wing views. Yeah. So if somebody tries to reach out and be nice to them, it's difficult because they are you know difficult. Yeah just to be with right? yeah. so it again becomes the self-perpetuating problem yeah they don't view their off-putting opinions and uh, behaviors as off-putting yeah so they don't realize and only like a therapist could you know drill down into the yeah into their specific issues and say okay this is why this is why you know yes but you find a lot of uh, these right-wing grifters yes that are trying to you know, quote unquote, help young men yes. going through this issue. Yeah. Do you know who Jordan Peterson is? Yes. So <laughs> he's one of these guys. He's become an icon to uh, the incels. Yes. And one day he said, "We need enforced monogamy." Yes. Right. So yeah, <laughs> uh, if you hear that, you think, "Oh, what does that mean?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you, like the state comes and forces you to be with one person. Yeah. And then uh, he clarified his comments. He was like, oh, the left, they couldn't wait to jump on me and, you know, misconstrue my point. And he clarified, he said, well, it's not enforced by the government. It's uh, enforced by, like, uh, social Mm -hmm. attitudes. Oh, So, you know, like, if you're friends with somebody and they cheat on their partner or something like that, you ostracize them and kick them out of your friend group so that they will, you know, begin to behave... uh, Right, but that's not a good. <laughs> that's a, well, yeah, 
uh, that's because people have different values first of all yes there's lots of people who don't like view cheating as a problem they're just like whatever who cares hmm okay I disagree yeah. with those people but uh, it's, you know what it's I'm, their opinion yeah you know what I'm saying uh, yeah. that's freedom of speech everyone is allowed to have their opinion of the world yeah I we can't in his words enforce yeah but like so he said the word enforce right yes. and I'm pretty sure he knew what he was doing and when he was caught and called out he you know had to backtrack and say oh I meant it societally yeah so I think he means force <laughs> but you know just because he's been caught out in this but anyway let's get past that right yeah right John Peterson not a good guy and these insults flock to him with these you know certain pieces of advice are good yes you know broken clocks <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> by mistake he, <laughs> he says certain things are good but in his message he like hides a lot of right wing messages in his yeah talks yeah so if you are you know non politically like active yeah. and you're listening to this guy you think oh i'm just getting self improvement information yeah. but he is giving you a bunch of right wing talking points yeah that you're not taking in as oh this is a right wing propaganda yes right that's the first second thing is do you know who andrew tate is yes very similarly to jordan peterson he's yeah. like an icon to incels i was actually going to bring him up right yeah. he uh they look at him as a role model yeah and when he went to jail a few months ago people were saying well who's andrew tate for the left you know who can young boys look up to as a yeah as a role a, model a role model yeah. and you know some people said well you know that's just the right wing's grift you know yeah they kind of prey on these young boys yeah and turn them into right wingers that's not Yeah. <laughs> we shouldn't have an a right uh, left wing equivalent to praise on yeah. <laughs> people and like indoctrinate them. People should, you know, read about it themselves and, you know, join willingly. Yeah. So there shouldn't be a a yeah. left wing <laughs> you know stuff like that. Yeah. But uh if we're just taking it as the as a role model, not about, you know, indoctrinating into yeah. <laughs> uh, into like a certain pol- political ideology. If you just mean yeah. a role model, yes. I think Bow is the left wing and rotate. I was waiting for this for so long. All right. Trying to figure out where this point is All going. All right, sorry. There's another thing. Uh another fictional person that they idolize is do you know who it is? I feel like I should. What's um, the first word that comes to mind? A would, fictional person that insults uh you know, venerate in the same way. I Honestly the first thing that came to mind was Popeye. All right. <laughs> But <laughs> so this fictional character his name is the Joker. Oh, right? I know. So in the Joker movie a lot of incels identified with the Joker. Oh, that's what they said online. Okay. That like you know the Joker lives in a society where nobody gives a fuck about him. Yeah. You know everybody is extremely cruel. Yeah. Right? So the the Joker was viewed as like a I don't know, an avatar for incels. Okay. Yeah. And and I think Joaquin Phoenix's casting in this movie is very deliberate. Okay. <laughs> you know to 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 like <laughs> okay. You know to to harken back to that idea. Okay. Of yeah. This is what you think the king incel is. Yeah. <laughs> so Let's, let me show it. Let me show it to you. Okay. You know, yeah. Right? I see what you're saying. Yeah. Right? But yeah. Bow is not a role model. No. Bo is the avatar of the problems. Okay. Right? 
I see. He is the worst case scenario okay. when you let these, you know, uh, insult thoughts, you know, invade you and you know corrupt yeah. your mind. Yeah. At the end of the movie, he dies. Yes. And I think. Uh, well, we'll get to it, but I believe he commits suicide. He okay. Now that fanciful situation, you know, where he's there in the boat. Yeah. I believe that's a. You know, it's uh, one of those. It's one of those where, yeah, yes, memories. That's yeah. his uh, projection of the situation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But what actually happened was he killed himself. Okay. And again, you know, we are just speaking about incels. That's how incels, most yeah. of them go. They just they feel like, well, there's no hope for me. I might as well just kill myself. Yeah. Right. So I view Bo as the cautionary tale. You know what a PSA yeah. is? Yes. A public service announcement. Yeah, we did Bo, one for the blood service. By the way. Yeah. yeah. Bo is the PSA to these guys about how not to go. Okay, yeah. And uh, there's a play in the middle of the movie. Yes. That is what to do. It's what? not... Okay. Right? Okay. Uh, but we'll get to it, but... Uh, yeah. That's the... The, the opposite, of, yeah. The, the you know, Bo Bo as he is is showing you what not to do, but you need to be told what to do. Yeah, and that play in the middle is what is your what your to do. Okay, right. Okay. So <laughs> can we start? Yeah, let's uh, <laughs> we let's just check the time. <laughs> we've been speaking about incels for about ten minutes. We're fifty-seven minutes in. Yeah, that's an hour, and we haven't started the movie. Well, we've kind of started with the movie. Yeah, but that was the context of the movie. <laughs> oh, okay. We haven't started. Okay. Right? But let's. Uh, the movie begins with his birth. Yeah. Right. Uh, I didn't understand does. what was going on on first viewing, but on second viewing, you realize the sounds of the doctor. You know, like it's a baby inside the womb. Yeah. Waiting to be born. Yes. So yeah. yeah again, on first viewing, I was just like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you, you, you hear like a baby's bottom being slapped. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's kind of like they left the camera in the womb, yeah. and then. So why do doctors slap baby bottoms? I think it has something to do with circulation, like blood circulation, but I could be wrong. Right, that's not part of the analysis. It was just a question. Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 that's. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say something. No, like, I was uh, just... this is. Well, I was just thinking, you know, like, they're telling the baby, listen, it's a violent, fucked up world, you may as well get used to it. <laughs> that, truly, that, 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 not a question about the movie, just about, in general, why do just, they slap babies? <laughs> like, yeah, well, you're going to get fucked up sometime, you might as well be right now, bang! <laughs> right. So then the quote-unquote openings, well, that was the opening scene, but I yeah. mean... Uh, the next opening. The next, the, yeah. <laughs> the next scene is Bo in his therapist's office. Yes. And the therapist writes guilty on it as his... Speaking, okay, yeah. Which... That's not good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so this, I think, again, mm. partly real, mainly fantastical. Okay. I believe he went to his therapist and he had a chat about uh, his father's death. Yes. And going back to his mother's house. Yes. That's all I believe happened. The rest, I think, is viewed through the... The lens of... Of, of the... his paranoia. Yeah. What's okay. the worst thing that can happen when I go to the therapist? That actually, they're against me. Okay. And they're working with, the, <laughs> you know, with some, my... someone else. Yeah. 
right uh, uh, against me and they they telling all my secrets yeah right so that's why i think that's his paranoia coming out that you know a therapist would usually write guilt like this person is suffering from guilt yes the the problem stems from their guilt over a situation yes but writing guilty is the therapist judging them yeah you know like yeah. <laughs> it's the exact opposite of what you, you know it's if you are an anxious person you're anxious about your your therapist doing that to you yeah you know you're because a therapist is someone that you're vulnerable with yeah and uh, if they are not you know keeping your information a secret you know yeah. if they're just going around and sharing especially to the person you don't, <laughs> you don't want, want to share you, yeah right it's going to be upsetting to you Yeah. So that's his anxiety coming out. I don't believe the guy wrote guilt, guilty. He may have written guilt as in that's his he's feeling guilt. Yes. Yes. But his mind perceives the doctor as writing guilty. Yeah. Right. That it's yeah. it's, it's stuff like that. We're just going to go through it scene by scene and okay. go like, all right, this is what I think is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh what happens is he asks him questions about his mother. Yes. Like do you feel bad about this or you know like just reasonable questions that if you were a therapist you would ask yeah but because bo is paranoid these questions sound like you know his mother yeah. <laughs> sent those questions through the therapist to ask him it's like would you be happy if she died yes yeah like that stuff like that where like a therapist would ask you that you know to like walk you through certain situations so you can like think about it in your mind yeah but if you're thinking about it as a paranoid person what if that's my mother asking yeah. <laughs> you know like stuff like that yeah right um uh, do you want to go say anything about those first two the um coming out the womb and uh, the not really i think uh well i think the whole well i was going to say the city is like a um a commentary on society as a whole we're we're all just kind of walking around in a drug induced haze wait what is this the you know his the city yeah we haven't gone there okay. same these first two with the therapist office and the okay then, the womb no you've said everything i want to you don't have anything else no all right really. so anyway this the city yeah now this is another thing about not just insults but people yeah not all people just just some people so the news is incentivized to show salacious things. Yeah, right. Okay. Because it's just because of like human behavior, you're more likely to click on something that's like scandalous or yeah. something that's like, you know, boring, boring day. Right? Yeah. If somebody wrote a piece about how they're planting trees, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. in certain places to improve like oxygen in the area or something. Yeah. You're not going to read that article well i would yeah whatever but i'm saying it's, yeah it's the general, general public yes that's not something that would attract viewers but yeah if you're write an article about like uh assassinations that happen and you're like you know linking them together yeah. in a salacious way that it's all a conspiracy yeah. that's something that would attract people you know yeah people are just generally attracted to the more yeah exciting uh, thing yeah etc so makes sense news networks kind of make the most uh they try to not try to like they they take the most salacious stories okay so yeah. they paint a world that's much more violent than it actually is okay yeah so yeah. okay i'm only speaking about new york yeah because they uh, i read the study right okay 
they polled people about their perception of crime and they took actual crime statistics. Yeah. So crime is down like 20% from the 90s. That's crazy. But the perception is that crime is worse than it was in the 90s. Huh. Because uh, the reason that is being put forward is that these people consume the world through their TV. Yeah. Through, you know, uh, shocking stories about the news. Yeah. And one of the biggest uh, culprits is Fox News, right? Yeah. They uh, they tell... You know what I was saying about Tucker Carlson? He has an older audience on yeah. Fox News. Yeah. Their perception of, you know, like left-wing, like big cities. Yeah. So this is the thing. In America, New York and LA, the two coastal cities, yeah. are viewed as the, the left-wing places. Not the only two coastal cities, just the two big ones. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. I'd- just, those yeah. are, are viewed as like the, you know, the most left-wing places. Yeah. And then the, the heart, the middle of the country, that's the, like the most right-wing places. Yeah. Now, obviously, that's not a hard and fast rule. Obviously, every person has different politics. Yeah. But whatever, whatever. But, but the yeah. point being, uh, the Fox News, they like to say, in cities, there's all these crimes, you know, there's constantly crime and, you yeah. know, they... So this <laughs> Bo lives in a city that's a Fox News fever dream. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's all crime, right? Everything. There's yeah. a man who's naked and runs around and stabs people. <laughs> he just jumps out and stabs people. <laughs> he sees so this is part of the thing, right? Yeah. He sees that guy on the news and yes. the next day he sees him out, you know, on the street. On the yeah. street. So that's why I'm saying I think that's his perception. Yeah. We view so it may be just a guy that stabbed somebody. Yeah. But he viewed it on the TV, and his anxiety changed that into a deranged man that's naked that runs around stabbing people. Yeah. And then he actually saw it yeah. because of his anxiety. Okay. So his anxiety is kind of becoming a self uh, fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. In these cases, right? Yeah. He's worried about this thing happening, and then that thing happens. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So. Yeah, this this is a bunch of different uh, things I could point to, but that's the the general idea. Like for example, they those people were encouraging somebody to jump off the skyscraper. Yeah, right. There's a guy who. So uh, another thing, another behavior that they associate with like left wing, and like they they dislike is people wearing tattoos. Uh, yeah. So there's a guy with just like a totally black. Yeah. <laughs> he tattooed <He's>, himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just. <laughs> It's not even like a pattern. It's just yeah, like, <laughs> it's just black, totally black. So yeah. that that's again, this is their fears heightened. Yeah. What they they're scared of a guy with tattoos. What, <laughs> what if it's a guy that's just fully covered in tattoo? <laughs> right. He's only tattoo. So that's just the the majority of that opening scene. Yeah. It's to it's to say that Bo's environment. Yeah. Is so warped. Yeah. Because of his anxiety, because of that, and because the TV has, you know, fed into these narratives. Yeah, okay. So he views the world very... Differently to how it actually is. How it actually is, right? Okay. And then... So, any ideas? Anything you wanted to say? I... Yeah, on the one hand, it's definitely... It's it's actually probably likely that... um, your thoughts are the case where his anxiety has warped his perception of reality. Mm. But on the other hand, it could just be real. Mm. And like, he actually just lives in this crazy city where 
everyone's just in a daze and committing crimes all the time and that kind of stuff. But why? I don't know. What is this world? I have no idea. That's why I said earlier, I think it's brilliant that there's no quote-unquote real stuff and quote-unquote fantastical stuff so you can say, okay, this is real. Yeah. Because everything is there, everything has to be taken, Yeah. you know, seriously. Yeah. That's So, so like, I think in that case, somebody was going to jump off a tall building. Yeah. But his anxiety transformed that into, there's a crowd encouraging this person to jump. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The stuff like the, 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 that that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Right. Now the 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 next thing is he loses the key. Somebody takes the key. Oh no. Sorry. Yeah. He needs to take his medicine. Yes. Uh well. The just before that there's the night where he's um no. That's yeah. before. No, cuz he has to prop open the door yeah, cuz he doesn't have the key. All right, yes, yes, yes. So anyway, uh, he he needs to go back to visit his mom yes. because of the anniversary of his father's death. Yes. <coughs> Bless you. Thank you. What is the anxiety of a person traveling? The anxiety of a person traveling? Mm. A plane crash? Yeah, that could be one. But oh, like, like a house robbery. Yeah, yeah, their home gets robbed, or yeah. like people come in and have a party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So he has to leave, and then all his fears about what could happen happen. Oh, <laughs> you right. know? okay, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, he goes across the road to get water. Yeah. And as soon as he leaves, everybody runs into to yeah. his house, and they, you know, yeah. that uh, as he's leaving, he loses his key yes that's another just a fear of as you're leaving your home you lose the key and then your home is undefended yeah you know again these I think he just lost the key yeah but his anxiety turned it up to you know another level to make it seem like someone stole the key yes he may may have just been like behind the door or something yeah but he his anxiety just it freaked him out so much that he he turned the situation into much more yeah. Like grander or like, you know, yeah. bigger than it was. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Makes sense to me. Hmm. And uh, it's the same thing about like uh, his sleeping. Yeah. He's not playing music. Yeah. But he gets a letter that says, put the music down. Yes. So if you're like uh, a very, you know, thoughtful person. Yeah. You don't want to upset other people. Yeah. So you take you know care not to <laughs> you know like be upset like put your music loud or something yeah so to get a letter that says put your music you know softer yeah is a anxious thought yeah right so again that's just his I don't I don't think there was any letters coming okay. underneath the door oh okay I think he was just uh, okay wondering if you know he was doing anything that was upsetting the neighbors yeah and that anxiety kept waking him up yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because how does he wake up when the letter comes underneath the door? Well, he can hear it sliding on the floor. Yeah, but he's asleep. Yeah, well, some people are very sensitive to, like, noises in their houses. Yeah, but... <laughs> yeah, I, I get your point. My point being, it's yeah. uh, it's more likely that he just woke up because of his anxiety. Yeah. And the thing he was thinking 
about is that maybe he's keeping his neighbors up. Yeah. That's what. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, Sorry. Can we just go back a, bit, a little bit? Yeah. Sure. So, uh, you know when that guy, like I said, they're encouraging the guy to do suicide. Yes. He buys like the small little figure. Yeah. It's like a... What? It's a mother and child. A mother and... It's like a... A porcelain figurine. Yeah. I don't know what it's... Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's just like a very white... Yeah. Like a... I think it's China... Yeah, maybe it. I don't, yeah, I don't know. It, whatever. Just <laughs> the it's point something. being is, it's it's something, right? And, yeah. Uh, uh, I want you to hold on to that. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, not physically. <laughs> okay. I've grabbed it. Imagine, like, I'm now holding and, on and, to like, it. Yeah, I have this uh, this gift. <laughs> it's a porcelain figure. <laughs> now just hold on to that. Yeah, but no, <laughs> I'm just I'm saying hold on to the idea. Okay. Right. Holding on to the idea. So anyway, the next morning he has to take on. Well, I'll bring that up much later. <laughs> okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. Anyway, back to where we were. Right. Yes. He was sleeping. He wakes up in the morning. His key is gone. Yes. He phones his mother, and says, "I uh, I can't come because my key was stolen." Yes. So he's kind of imposing himself. Uh, imposing himself. Like if he were subservient to yes. his mother, okay, he would say, "Well, who gives a shit? I'm just gonna go." Yeah, right. Yes, but he's saying, "Well, I can't go." The circumstances have come up. He's kind of standing up for himself. Yeah, sort of, not really, but just. Uh, but kind of, yeah. He's um, he's not letting what she wants dictate what he's gonna do. Yeah, she wants him to come, but the situation has changed, so he's doing what's best for him yeah his apartment is you know unsafe unsafe yeah he can't just leave it yeah lest he get robbed makes so, sense you know yeah that's uh, <laughs> that, and he she immediately like pretends to die <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> now this is the thing I think she did die okay 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 I think his mother died okay now at the end of the movie, spoiler alert, we find out that she faked her death. Yes. I believe that's in his head. Okay. I believe that she just she did die. Okay. And that's a total coincidence. Okay. You know, going back to our Greek play. Yeah. And uh, you know the gods playing tricks. Yeah. Imagine. So he, in his mind, his mother is so manipulative. Yes. That she would die. To get him to come to her house. Yes. Right? Yeah. But I think that's just his paranoia. I believe okay. she genuinely died. And it was a genuine coincidence. But, uh, like, I guess opposite to that, it could be that um, she didn't do anything at all to fake her death. He just... Assumed. Thought, yeah, he because, thought yeah, she uh, faked her death. Bill Hader said that there's a lady here. Yeah. And the, the chandelier fell on her head. Yeah. She didn't say, I died. Yeah. Yeah. He just, his anxiety assumed that she's the one who died. Yes. Mm. And at the end, when the mother says, you know, the, 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 what was it? With he, Martha. Martha. I was going to yeah. say Maria. I thought it's, it's his like a childhood babysitter. Yeah. She Basically. volunteered yeah. to die. Yeah. So I think that's his 
anxiety or paranoia projecting onto his mother. Yeah. That he forced this woman to kill herself. Yeah. He thinks that she's so manipulative that, you know, that's what she did. Yeah. yeah. So so it could either be that okay, no, actually we'll get to that later when we're right. talking about that. So anyway, he uh he needs to take his medicine. Yes. And this is what I said, uh you know, similarly your door is open. Yeah. You need to leave your apartment. The yes. most scary thing that can happen is like people will just come inside and have like a party in your house. Yeah. And that's <laughs> yeah. So that I believe that's totally made up. That's just his anxiety. Okay. You know, we're viewing the world through his anxiety. That's yeah. that's what he Okay. That's what he's anxious about. Yeah. Right? Okay. So then he goes back and he sleeps like on the like the fire escape. Fire escape, right? Yeah. And when he wakes up they they're gone. Yeah. So again, I believe no one was there. He just went and slept on the fire escape. Okay. Then he goes to the bathroom and he sees a man. <laughs> well, he runs himself a bath. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And he sees a man on top. Right? Yes. I don't believe that there's a man there. Okay. I believe that there was a spider there. Okay. And his mind combined, you know, the the situation with the people entering his house. Yeah. And the fear of the spider. Okay. Into it, there being a man, you know. But then he wrestled with the spider. Yeah. The okay. spider fell. Yeah. He freaked out. Okay. And started, you know, like... Uh, yeah. But the spider would just drown. Yeah. The, it's not what's actually happening. It's what's in his mind. Okay. In his yeah. mind, he's seeing the spider fall. Obviously, the spider will immediately die when it's the water. But he's viewing it as a much bigger problem than it is. Okay. Right. The second thing is, earlier in the movie, we see... Like him googling something about that particular spider. Yes. So yeah. I think the spider is also imagined. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> wait a sec. So he imagines a spider. Yes. And then imagines a yes. person in the place of that so spider. So he's so he was googling the spider, and there's like a pamphlet about the spider outside his apartment or something. I can't remember right now. Yes. Oh, so it's, uh... I think the the you know he saw that flyer, and subconsciously in his mind, he's 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 worried about a spider. It's a right brown recluse. A brown most, recluse spider. Yes. One of the most dangerous in the world. So, yes. Yeah. It he would keeps, make. Sense. He keeps like uh, googling that and like seeing signs for it. So I think that just planted the mind the the idea in his mind. Yeah. And okay. that idea combined with the people in his apartment led to that scene of there being a guy on the roof. Okay. And he fell down. So I don't believe that even a spider fell. I okay. believe he imagined a spider you falling. Know, falling. He started freaking out. He like, you know, yeah. sh- shook around and, you know, he jumped out of the bathtub. Okay. Yeah. Right. And then he left, right? Yeah. He ran onto the street. Yes. A cop comes with, uh, like, he's holding onto the thing that he's, uh, you know what I said? His mother's, China. Yeah. Well, it's... Yeah, it's a gift for his mother. The porcelain so. yes. mother and child. Yeah. Right? And the cop is about to shoot him and says, Don't make me shoot you. Put down the weapon. Yes. And he looks at the thing. Yeah. Uh, all right, I'm just going to say it. I think that thing's a dick. Why? The, the porcelain thing. Okay. Why? Uh, if you watch it again, it has like a very penis shape. Okay. <laughs> okay. When you turn it to the side, right? Yeah. Because the mother has like a veil on her. Yeah. So it's like a, a penis head. Okay. I swear to God. Okay. <laughs> this is the this is the one crucial piece of information that's going to hinge on whether you think 
this analysis is good or not. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Whether I, or not you see a penis inside <laughs> there, right? I was with you up until that point. All right. But anyway, when he says put down the weapon, he's holding that thing. Yes. I think that's... He views, like, sex and sexuality as a shameful thing. Yeah, okay. So he's holding... He's naked and he's running around. Yes. But to visualize that, they have him holding the... The statue. The statue, as opposed to uh, okay. his dick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right? And then uh, he gets hit by a car, I think. A uh, food truck, yeah. Yes, and then the those two people take him. Yes. Uh, I forget their names. Grace and Roger. Grace and Roger. Yes. Right? So they care, they care for him, and uh, he wakes up in their daughter's room, which is filled with, like, K-pop yes. stuff. So anyway, just, sorry, sorry, sorry. Just, just as, as we're following along, right? Yes. He exited. He exited his apartment naked because he had a freak out about the spider. Yes. He was holding his dick, so the and people thought he was like you know, the jerky off in public. Okay. So the 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 cop, that's yes. what he saw. Okay. That, that's his reaction to it. Right. Right. I see. But then he gets hit by a food truck and he's rescued from that situation. But what about the, you know, the, like, what do they call him? The birthday stabber or something. The the naked guy you saw on the news? I think that's paranoia. But then he wakes up and his hand's bandaged. Cause he, could he, got, have, he could have just gotten injured elsewhere. But, okay. And yeah. his paranoia about, again, it's something he saw on the news. Yes. So like I said about the brown recluse fire, the idea was planted in his head and then... He was paranoid about it. I think similarly, he saw not a naked person running around, stabbing, yeah. just a person on the news who maybe stabbed somebody once. Okay. And he turned that paranoia into there's a naked man running around stabbing people. Okay. Yeah. Right. And I, I think he may have just like fell or something, gotten hurt on his hand. Yeah. And his paranoia showed him getting the, tackled getting, getting, by the guy. Yeah, and getting stabbed, stabbed by yeah. the the naked man. Okay. Right, and I do believe he was hit by a food truck. Okay, and Grace, yeah. uh, Grace, and Roger take him away. That would be that would make sense, right? Yeah. So we find, yeah, currently. Uh well, I, I would yeah. say that's the first kind of third of the movie. Yeah, maybe not third, but just the first like opening act in the city. <sighs> yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. What that's, are you going to say? No, it's fine. I'll talk about that later when we're on like general thoughts. So. They there, uh, and this couple has a daughter. Yes, Tony. Yeah. Sorry, Tony. Yes, and they have uh, this guy's name is Jeeves. Yes, Jeeves is the friend of their son. Yes. Uh, by the way, Jeeves is played by the guy who's in Inglorious Bastards. Yes, you know in the opening scene. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, <laughs> he tells them they they underneath the. Yeah. He tells Hans Lander they underneath the. The floor. Yeah. I don't want to spoil <laughs> yeah, Inglorious Bosses for you, but yeah. He's uh, the Milkman. Yes, the Milkman. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I don't 100%. I think Jeeves is real. Okay. But he may not be what he seems. Okay. I think he just represents war. Okay. Because uh, uh, he was. He was killed in a in a in a war against uh, Venezuela. Yes, which is uh, 
there's no act of war with Venezuela, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> or there hasn't been one in quite a while. So yeah. it's a fictional war. So I don't think it's that's that's clearly not real. Yes. But he represents the army in some capacity. I don't okay. know what you know. Okay. Or maybe he yeah. just represents violence. Yeah. And uh, he's represented by an army veteran. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I I don't hundred percent understand Jeeves. Yes. Right. That was a point I was going to bring up as well mm. in my notes. Right. Yeah. And uh, um, so we're kind of led to believe that this couple is working for his mother. Yes. I don't believe that to be the case. Okay. I believe that's his paranoia. Okay. Like a kindly couple takes you in and uh, he just assumes that uh, you they, know, uh, yeah. they're working for his mother. Yeah. And the things he sees. So another thing I want to say is that this is a movie yes it is a movie no <laughs> yes 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 but the movie is telling you it's a movie what okay so the first thing we see or the first thing that lends credence to this idea is in the opening scene okay you know when Bo is walking and he buys the the, the porcelain thing yeah there's a small boy that capsizes, capsizes a boat yes and his mother comes and shouts at him yeah at the end of the movie he's in a boat that capsizes Oh, right. I see. There's yeah. stuff like that where, and then like you know when he's in Grace and uh, Roger's house, yeah, she she like whispers channel something whatever. Yeah. And when he changes to that channel, it's a live feed of Bo being watched. Watched. Yeah. And he like re- rewinds and then he fast forwards and then when you fast forward, you see a boat. Yeah. A capsized boat. Yeah. So at various points, see, they kind of, this is called determinism. Okay. Like there's a set ending Yeah Because this is a movie Yes So that's why I was saying earlier Bo is an avatar Yes We don't have to This is a PSA Right Yeah Of how things can go wrong Yes Okay Uh, So and he's giving you these moments That makes you Makes it clear that this is a movie Yes At the end scene of the movie You know those people in the Coliseum Yes They get up and start to leave Like the audience in a cinema Yeah Gets up Right So at various points He's making sure you understand This is a movie Okay This doesn't have to be you This is just a story That's taking place in a fictional world Okay That's why I said It's a PSA It's not a If it If they didn't have those little moments I would say This is just a very bleak story About a man Yeah (laughs) Who kills himself Yeah But these moments That makes clear That it's a movie Implies to me that we we shouldn't apply this to our lives. Yes. Okay. We should view it as a PSA and learn from it. Okay. Yeah. Right. Because because the movie is deterministic, life is not deterministic. Yes. There's no determined outcome. We can, you know. Yeah. Make a decision to change how things will turn out. Yes. Right. Yeah. That's the point of like I said, the boat capsizing when he f- fast forwards in the TV and sees the ending. Uh, when yeah. the people in the Coliseum get up and leave as if though it's a theater, yeah, those kind of hints that this is a movie and it's not reality. Okay, yeah, tells us that it's you know a PSA, not a terribly sad story. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, uh, uh, so uh, his mother's attorney phones him, yes, and says that uh, so it's the Jewish custom to. Be buried immediately Yeah Pretty but much Yeah d- Due to her request She's not being buried 
immediately immediately because yeah. they're waiting for him yes which is uh, another guilt thing yes uh, you know like I said his anxiety and paranoia stems from his guilt yes so I assume as a child he was like made to feel guilty by his mother yes by being so uh, what did I say earlier overbearing yeah right yes and it also probably had uh, a negative effect on him sexually yes right uh, okay it stunted his development okay yeah because he's a a virgin yes right he's uh, he's never had a long term uh, you know any relationships yeah right that's uh, due to the guilt his mother like instilled in him okay I'm saying that's a consequence of that okay right yeah um yeah so I think Roger Yes. It's kind of played as if though And again I think this is just Bo's paranoia Transforming a regular situation Into a Upsetting one Okay So I think Roger Genuinely had a sudden Postponement Like a sudden surgery He had to go through Yeah But Bo In his mind is like Perceiving that as You know like later on His mother blames him For not coming immediately Yeah In the trial Yeah Right so I think That was just a so, how can I say it? I think we're meant to believe. Oh, sorry, mm-hmm. through okay. Bo's perception. Yeah, we're meant to see through his perception that Roger is working for his mother. Yes. So Roger being delayed is a test to see if he would be, you know. Yeah. Uh, if he would actually, if take, he actually wanted yeah. to go to his mother, he would force Roger to take him. Yeah. But. This proves that he doesn't really love his mother because he, you know... He lets it go for the next day. Yes. Yeah. Right? That's his paranoia speaking. I think Roger genuinely had a sudden surgery he had to go to. But yeah. But the paranoia in his mind transformed that regular situation into, this is a test from my mom. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. Um, but on on the topic of Roger, mm. I... I don't know if it makes any sense, but the first time I watched it, I got the sense that Roger was like a cop, right? And you know the, the like health tracking anklet thing? It looks a lot like, um, shit, what's it called? You know, when you're like under house arrest, you get that, the, yeah, they, they look very similar, if not. They, they, they might actually yeah. Both. yeah right yeah so uh, it looks like um, I I don't know how it it works but it kind of to me at first glance it seemed like um, he did something really bad before he got hit by the food truck and then when he got after he got hit um, Grace and Roger took him into their home but Roger's a cop, and so he's under house arrest in their house. Oh. And the house arrest ends the next day. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, that's that's just my take on how that kind of worked. Alright. Yeah. Well, I'd have to think about that, how I can incorporate this into my reading of the movie, but that's an interesting idea. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the next thing is... Well, a bunch of things happen, right? Yes. But we... So, like... That lady, Grace, telling him, ch- change, change to this channel. Yeah. That's a live feed of him. Yes. 
like I said that I think that implies to us that this is a movie but to him I believe that's the implication that he's being watched by his mother okay that's another very scary thought that you you're being watched at all times yeah right yeah uh, and uh, I believe she I believe what happened was she said here's a here's a remote you can watch whatever you want and yeah. he imagined her saying change it to this channel yes yeah and then when he did change it to that channel I believe that was a hallucination okay but again that's telling us that this is a movie but that's telling him that's his paranoia coming to light yeah that his mother's been watching him this whole time yeah right okay now another thing I can't well we'll get to it right okay well let me just say it now yeah there's a transgender reading of this movie that I can't vocalize Okay. Partly, you know, I said we we doing this 2 weeks after. Yes. We are supposed to do this, right? Yeah. Or one week afterwards. Yeah. Because it's we got last week. I mean, 2 yeah. weeks since our last episode. Yeah. The reason I pushed it back was I'm when I watched this, I'm 98% sure there's a transgender reading of this movie, right? Okay. And we'll speak about that later. I just wanted to mention it now, right? Okay. And I was I kept on googling Bo's afraid transgender <laughs> hoping okay. that somebody else would like say something that could you know like clarify my thoughts on it yeah right but i didn't so okay. and then today came along oh, <laughs> so nice. so yeah. i don't have you know an uh, actual an actual thought yeah i just have moments i can point to like i did with the you know the movies the, the idea that this is a movie yeah I, I have moments i can point to and say something about trance okay alright should I do it now or should we yeah let's go for it now so this their daughter kills herself yes and she drinks paint yes but the two colors she uses is light blue and pink yes which is the transgender flag uh well there's white in there yes, so yes. yeah yes the point being I thought I thought it's very strange that those two colors Okay. Was, speci- was specifically used, right? Yeah. So she drinks the paint and dies. Yes. The mother comes in, sees Bo over the dead body. Yes. And says, I see you now. Yes. You've you've turned my daughter into a demon. Oh. Right? I see. Okay, yeah. So they usually... You wouldn't say that if you saw your child dead. <laughs> yeah. They'd be like, you killed my daughter or something like that, right? Yeah. You turned my daughter into a demon is like what transphobic people in America say when like their child uh, comes out as transgender. Yeah. They blame like uh others. No, like well. So there's there's um there's groups. Yeah. You know like uh planned parenthood. Yeah. Is a group for abortions. Yes. And giving information to women who don't know about abortions and the benefits yeah. of it. Yeah. So there's like LGBT groups. Yes. Uh, around America and just around the world, right? Yeah. And it helps people, you know, like if they're not, they're unsure about their gender identity, they could speak to somebody who has experience in this, you know, that could, you know, give them some guidance. Yeah. And the right wing uh, characterizes this as uh, we're preying on kids and turning them into transgender. Yeah. Right? Yes. <laughs> Which, oh, it's like drag queens. Yeah. Yeah. But, well, uh, the, but my, drag queens aren't trans. Never mind. Yeah, yeah my, uh, I, they're part of the community. Yeah. Right. But the point being, um, 
they blame the people giving their kid information yeah and saying they converted their child into trans yeah a transgender person yes you know whichever you know it may not be transgender i'm just using that because those two yeah. colors the pink and the blue yeah. when she died right yeah and when you see her dead you see the pink and the blue all, all over her body yes that's why i'm saying this right right they say you turn my son or daughter into right. you know negative yeah. thing yes in this case demon yeah right but uh that's one instance of you know there's a transgender reading there yeah the next thing is uh in the play yes so like i said earlier the play is the ideal scenario yes. what you should be doing yes bo is the avatar of everything that's wrong yes. the play tells him what he should be doing with his life yes. and it's telling you what to do with your life and in the the play it says he finds a wife yes and it says even though she may look like a man or something like that yeah do you remember that line? yeah i thought i viewed that line as being trans positive okay that yeah you know in this ideal scenario you could find a wife maybe she looks like a man because uh, you know yeah trans people they don't always uh, pass quote unquote yeah they may have male or feminine you know features depending yeah. on uh you know the precision uh, yeah yeah not every transition is smooth that's yes. that's the point i'm making yeah right so there's that there's another thing uh when i think of it all I'll okay. say right but okay. there's this certain points where I'm like there's something being said here yeah I don't know what it is but it it's something it's there yeah yeah okay yeah oh and, and I was just going to say uh it's usually younger people that seek out these LGBT yes uh, groups because it's usually younger people that are struggling with the identity yeah if you're older you've probably you know solidified yourself Yeah. You know and you're you've probably either become like confident in your identity. Yeah. Or things have gotten so bad that you've killed yourself. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. that's why it's usually younger people who are searching out this information. Yeah. And again the right wing characterizes this as we're you know hunting down children and yeah. <laughs> yeah. we have a syringe of trans juice <laughs> and stab them with it and they turn they turn trans. <laughs> uh Yeah, but anyway, that so that that was my reading of that scene. Okay. And yeah. then they send Jeeves who's like the avatar of violence of like the army of war after yeah. Bo. Yes. So they like blow they <laughs> they, they blame Bo for they, the daughter dying they, and they send like the army or like violence after him. Yeah. They blow blame. What? They They blow blame. Yeah. What did you say? they blame bo but they blow babe <laughs> okay <laughs> anyway oh sorry i forgot to say this here so when you know the the guy who phones bo and yeah. says it's jewish custom to lay the body to you know to raise as soon as possible the lawyer yeah yeah again i i don't think this is true okay. i mean it might be true that that's the, <laughs> the yeah custom. that that is I, the custom i yeah. think it's just his guilt okay because it's like Oh, I'm not just a bad son by not getting, you know, home. Yeah. I'm also a bad Jew. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> or, you know, I'm, you know, fuck up the custom or you know yeah. something like that. Yeah. I think that's just his paranoia. Okay. But again, it may be that that guy said it, but I think his paranoia is turning it up another notch. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's perceiving it in a way that uh, it wasn't intended. Yeah. He was just trying to, you know, remind him about Jewish custom and he's viewing it as... Yeah. An attack. As, yeah. Right. Okay, yeah. Oh my... I think we're going way too long. Okay. Well, so it's... Can... Uh, there's 20 minutes. Our longest episode is 2 hours 20 minutes. So yeah. we have another 40 minutes before. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Okay, yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's, anyway. let's get to it then. Yes. Uh... So they stole the. So we're done with this place now, right? With Roger, and Roger Grace. And Grace, yeah, right. Oh, just just the one thing. Sorry. Yeah. Um. What about the? You know when uh, Tony and a friend like not kidnap Bo, but they they put him in the car and they yeah. make him smoke. What? What is that? Is that real? I think so. Okay. Well, I think that's to show that their daughter was yeah. just doing those things anyway. Oh, but they yeah. blame Bo for, you know, her yeah. her dying for her. You know, yeah. she's the one who drank the paint. Bo literally yes. did nothing. Right? He tried to stop her. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of the things they're blaming Bo for that it yeah. it was that girl's fault. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know is the movie saying it's woman's fault <laughs> oh my goodness oh no uh, uh, it's woman's fault and uh, you know poor Bo he's oh, been blamed no. for <laughs> oh, no uh, I don't know how that you know the insults would have a very yeah they, they, they'd be having a ball yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, you're, you're right Jerry, yes, it, is <laughs> it is woman <laughs> they, they are to blame for it <laughs> for oh <us>. no <laughs> <laughs> we need to put trigger warnings on this one. Mm, but anyway, so we're done with this house bit. Yeah. Right. Uh, yes. I think it was just a genuine innocent group of people who took him in, but his paranoia transformed that situation into a much more yeah upsetting thing that it was. Yes. And okay. the daughter. Well, I could say. Hmm. Hmm. So there's this, right? There's. The parents aren't focusing on the daughter. They're not giving her enough attention. Yes. But they are focusing on both Jeeves, who's their friend, their son's friend. Yes. And Bo. Yes. Instead of the actual daughter. Yes. Right? Yeah. They're giving more attention to the two of them. Yes. And like the memory of their dead son as opposed to the actual daughter. They're forgetting the actual daughter in front of them. Yes. So I think it's the parents neglecting their daughter in favor of that the Jeeves representing the army yeah. and Bo representing whatever Bo represents yeah Anxiety. so I think it's it's about their par- that it's more about the parents being bad yeah than it is like cause she's she's a teen she's not like yeah. an adult she's, right yeah she's like 16, 17 probably yeah. they well, are adults the yes. adults are to blame she's a child uh, well they should have spent more time with her yeah I think that's the the reading and yeah. because they didn't spend enough time with her that's why you know she smokes marijuana and drinks paint yeah right yeah but yeah. again I, I don't understand why they blamed Bo yeah mm. me too I yeah. but then... so anyway he escapes right yes and he stumbles upon the play yes and I mentioned this a couple of times now this is the critical Yes. Critical the, for understanding the movie. Yeah. If if both he didn't tell us it was a movie with those things about the boats, 
Yes. And if there wasn't this scene of what to do, yeah. this would be an extremely <laughs> it's like it sad be, and upsetting movie. Yeah. But due to this play which shows you the path out yes. it's uh it's very uh hopeful in a way. Okay. I think. Okay. Right? Yeah. Uh he gets to the the orphans of the forest. That's the Yes. <laughs> the, the 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 troop, right? Yeah. He's invited to the universe and he becomes entranced by the play. Yeah. So he speaks to some lady, the lady who like patched him up. Yes. Who's that? The pregnant lady. Who is that? I I don't know. Uh, is she actually. pregnant? Yeah. Well, I think she's pregnant. She's either pregnant or very bloated. Hmm. So. So. This is the thing I told you to hold on to, right? Yes. Bo hands her the porcelain thing. Yes. And it looks like he's giving her a dick. <laughs> right? Okay. She yeah. takes it and holds it to her chest. Yes. But then she looks like, uh, I don't know, she gives like a very upset look. Okay. Or like, I think that's him. I think they had sex. Okay. But th- that was a metaphor of him giving her the, the porcelain thing to show us that's what happened. But okay. she was like, I don't know, unsatisfied or like unhappy with it. Okay. So, because if you watch that scene, yeah. she hands her the porcelain thing. She takes it. She holds it to her chest. Then she gets like this very upset look on her face and she like looks away. Okay. And then behind him... This weird guy comes yeah. up and says, "Must think about something, fella, or something like that." Yeah. Right. Now, sorry, you know, I said the the porcelain thing being a dick. That's yeah. the the uh, inflection point. Whether you believe this is a good review or not. Yes. Here's another one. <laughs> oh no! Okay. So yeah. the guy behind him, the weird guy that pops up. Yeah. His face looks like a dick. His his face looks like a dick. Okay. So, I believe that guy is like his anxiety about he didn't perform well. Okay. Right? Yeah. Just sees a man. Yeah. That's just a man, but he sees like a bigger dick. Okay. <laughs> you know, okay. Look, I sound like a fucking idiot, bro, but if I, you watch the movie, okay. right? Okay, yes. It's... So, if you watch that scene, he hands her the porcelain thing. Yes. Which is them having sex. Yes. She holds it to herself. Then she gets this upset look on her face. Yes. I think his anxiety kicks in and he thinks, what if, you know, I didn't perform well? Uh, You know, it's not big enough. Yeah. Whatever, you know, sexual concerns he may have. And then Dick Man shows up. A guy, a huge dick, his face is off a dick. Okay. Just turns up behind him. Right? Okay. So, that's his, like... Fear or anxiety of a bigger dick yes. that just popped up behind him. And okay. then he looks, and then I do believe that there was a guy there. Just his perception of that guy is yeah is uh, slightly warped, warped because of his mind. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe my analysis is is warped. You're right? just thinking about dicks, and it it happens to be all right. Whatever. What? I'm just saying. Maybe yeah. I brought a few dicks to this review. Oh no! <laughs> you know. Um, the cave in Empire Strikes Back. Yes. Of course you don't. Of course I do. Because you've never seen it. <laughs> anyway, yes. in Empire Strikes Back, when uh, Yoda is training Luke, yes, he uh, there's a dark side cave. Yes. And he Luke says, "What's in the cave?" He's like, "Only what you take in with you." 
Yes. So a lot of people, <laughs> you know, they bring their own issues to a, <laughs> <laughs> a thing. So maybe I'm just, you know, seeing dicks all over the place and I'm, you know, projecting it onto yeah. this movie. Right? Okay. Yes. <sighs> maybe. Maybe just maybe. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh... So that guy, that weird guy, tells him, "I knew your father," or something like yes. that. Yes. Yeah. And he just kind of speaks gibberish. Yeah. Okay. And then Jeeves kills him. Jeeves yeah. fucking blows his head off. <laughs> Jeeves kills most of them, if not all of them, because mm. they explode. Some people have put forward that maybe that's his father still alive. His father is. Uh, well, that, like that Jeeves. weird man. Oh, okay. Not Jeeves. Oh. <laughs> that weird. Man. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And then later on in the movie. Yeah. All right. All right. We'll we'll get to that. Right. But okay. The weird man says, "I knew your father. I took care of your mother for a while after he died, or something like that." That's what he said. Right. Was it not? I took food to him. Because mm. I'm, I'm fairly sure. Yeah, so what were we saying? We've had a lot of cuts this episode. They don't need to know about that. But they know because I was mid-sentence when we cut it. Did we? No, yes. I, w- I waited for you to finish. I don't think so, but okay. All right, well, I I showed him, you know, still images of uh, what I believe to be the penis. Yeah. The two penises. <laughs> the Hawking one that he handed, to, he handed it to her. Yeah. She holds it to her chest then she looks away like kind of upset. Yes. Then he looks the other way and he sees that guy who has like a big mushroom. Head, okay. Right? Yes. <laughs> and he sure. freaks him out, right? Yes. Right? And then he dies by that, uh, what's his name, killing him? Jeeves. Jeeves. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So yeah. are we done here? Uh, with the play in the woods. And, Do we, what, yeah, what, yeah we, I think we should talk about the play. Okay. So what happens in the play? Uh, he has some. Well, he like he builds a house and he becomes self-sufficient. Yes, he gets married. He learns a trade. Yeah. Yes. So there's stuff like that. That's what. That's your roadmap for life. Yeah. You should learn how to do something. Well, learn a trade. Yeah. Become good at it. You know, uh, earn a living. Have some kids. Uh, they said something about fresh fruit. Yeah. Eat fresh fruit. Oh, well, oh, vegetables. I think they said fresh yeah. vegetables instead of processed stuff. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, love then, your kids. Yeah. And then get flooded away. Yes. And spend all your days searching for them. Yeah, but he finds them. Yeah. That is true. And but there's a line there where they say, you were so... What's the word? Um, Narcissistic or something. Yeah. You were so caught up looking for them you couldn't realize they were looking for you yeah which is what happens with a lot of these incel guys right okay they don't they neglect like you know like family members they have or like uh, neighbors or you know possible people they could be friendly with yeah because they just view the world as being against them they don't see the people that are in front of them yeah okay and you know, the, their problem, they, they say their problem is that they, you know, can't find romantic or sexual partners, right? Yeah. The truth is, a lot of these guys, they just, uh, like, they could, right? Yeah. But they just have, like, uh, 
bad experiences? No, no, no. Like a, an extremely high standard. Okay. Yeah. They wouldn't accept a woman that's, you know, like uh, slightly overweight. Yeah. Or like, you know, just... <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Flawed in some way. Quote, unquote, flawed. Well, yes. Quote, unquote, mm. flawed. Yes. They, they just want like a 10 out of 10 woman. Yeah. Uh, they won't, you know... Yeah. Look at themselves and say, "What? Can, how can I improve myself to be someone, you know, that a ten out of ten woman would be with?" Yeah. They just, uh, they can't get with that ten out of ten woman and then blame them. Yeah. But they could probably quite easily, you know, get into a relationship with a, you know, um, a less attractive woman. But they don't want to do that, right? Yeah. So they're not actually incel. Yes. Well, they are. It's just that they don't want to, quote-unquote, lower themselves. Yes. Mm. Yeah. That's it, really. Okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> anyway, this, this is the thing. Uh, I want to go back to the Empire Strikes Back. Okay, the cave? No, not just the cave. There's okay. lots more in that movie. Okay. But anyway, uh, Luke says, Master Yoda... Uh, Moving rocks is one thing, but taking the, you know, the X-Wing was the, crashing yeah. the swamp, right? Yes. I've shown you... Uh, yes, I, I know. YouTube videos of this. Yes. Right? But yes. anyway, the... Yoda says, No! Only different in your mind. Yes. Judge me by my size, do you? Yes. Uh, and I worry not because the Force is my ally. Yes. And a powerful ally it is. Right? And then, and then he moves uses the Force and, yeah. to bring the... Uh, Oh, sorry. Then Luke says, "You want the impossible, right?" Yes. And then Yoda lifts the yeah <laughs> the, the thing out of the the swamp, the X-wing out of the swamp, and he puts it there. Yeah. And Luke says, "I don't believe it." Yes. And Yoda says, "That is why you fail, right?" Yes. So these guys, these incels, they have a negative opinion of themselves. Yes. They can't escape that negative thinking. Okay. And that's why they fail. Yes. A woman could be in front of them and ask them out and they'd still fuck it up. Yes. Because they have this ingrained belief that, you know, it's not going to work out. So it kind of uh, becomes a self-fulfilling prof- uh, prof- prophecy. Okay. Right? Yeah. So, you know, like what I was saying about people who are unlucky in love. Yes. You would tell them, improve yourselves. But yes. But these incels guys, they... They need therapy and to, you know, break that lock in their mind. Yes. And this play this, is showing uh, you how to do it. Okay. Everything that's said in the play speaks to the incel experience. Okay. It tells you how to get out of it. Okay. And like yes. I said, that thing about, you know, <laughs> what should oh, I say? About you dicks? Know? No, they were so, like, you were so caught up in your own something uh, you couldn't see that there were people around you that yeah. were looking for you yeah so these guys they don't they, they're so focused on like one girl yeah they they don't see the potential around them yeah that's what that, that's what I was trying to say okay everything yeah. inside this play yeah is the antidote to the whole movie right anyway the next thing is he I, I believe he has sex with that woman Yes. He hands her the porcelain thing. Yes. But his anxieties creep up and he sees the guy behind him. Yes. Who may that guy may or may not be Bo's dad. 
Yes. I just know him as the creepy guy. Yes. But then Jeeves kills him. Yes. Now, is it possible that Bo's father died in war? It is. And the the creepy man was just a, a figment of his imagination. And Jeeves killing him is to represent that war killed Bo's father. It could be, yeah. Do you know who Robert Glover is? I've heard the name. In what context? I have no idea. Oh, but you've heard the name. Yes. All right. <laughs> yeah. I, it just sounds familiar. Well, he's one of these, like, dating coaches. Okay. But he's not, like, a right-wing guy. He's just, like, a... A dating coach of yeah. some description. He doesn't yes. go into... Uh, he, may, he may be a right-wing I don't know. I don't know about his personal politics. I just know he writes, like... Uh, dating advice dating books. Dating advice books. Okay. And his whole thing is that, like, uh, the reason boys... Uh, or young men have trouble with the uh, relationships is that post World War Two, a lot of men died in the war. Yes. So they they were raised by their mothers. Yes. And subsequent generations, they they've never had like a a strong male figure. Okay. Which this, uh, I disagree with. I because, I also disagree because yeah. there's been many wars. Right? Yes. Just choosing. World War Two as a <laughs> is is just like a it's what is the most bloodiest war that's ever been? Is it World War Two? I think it was World War One. Hmm. Well, I know World War One was more brutal. Yeah. But my my point being that this has happened all over the world. There's yeah. been lots of wars. Yeah. Pointing to World War Two as being like the the reason is, is very kind of silly. Yes. But great. Anyway, it's I just know that it's a belief within that, within certain communities that the reason, you know, for incels and for people who, you know, are unlucky in love is because they weren't raised by quote unquote real men. Okay. They were either raised by women or, you know, men who weren't raised by other men. Okay. Yeah. Right. But and this is a a common like right wing, thing that they say that like, uh, men aren't men anymore. Yeah. But you'll find like. A newspaper articles from the 1850s that are like wow men aren't men anymore or yeah. like <laughs> you know like yeah. it's every hun- hundreds of years everybody's been saying oh well men aren't real men anymore yeah right it's it's been going on for a while yeah, yeah. a while <laughs> so you know yeah maybe they're just full of shit yeah maybe maybe yeah by chance anyway you got distracted in this. so I yeah, so bit. I think it may be possible that Bo's dad died at war okay and the representation of that is Jeeves killing the, the creepy man yeah okay and later on in the movie sorry to spoil ahead right uh huh but we go up to the attic yes and we see two two things one is like a an older twin version of Bo yes and behind him a giant penis monster yes mm. did I imagine that one now no. That's really there. That's that's the first penis. Oh, fuck that's, off, man. All right. Well, besides <laughs> Bo's actual penis. All right, that we see. Whatever. Okay, yeah. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> Jeeves also kills that. Uh, no, that kills Jeeves. Yeah, but Jeeves attacks it. Yes. So I think that's uh, reinforcing the idea that army killed. Army. Uh, the army is a penis. The, the giant army penis. attacked his father. 
Oh, right, okay, so Jeeves attacks the giant penis monster, which and, could be his and, father. And he yeah. killed the the creepy man. Okay. Who himself yeah. looks like a dick, but we'll, we can just go past that. We don't okay. need to relitigate him looking like a dick, which he does. Much okay, <laughs> sure, if you say so. <laughs> anyway, so this is, it, it's happened twice. Jeeves has attacked both the creepy man who looks like, who could possibly be his dad and looks like a dick. Yes. And the the physical penis monster that could be his dad. And also looks like a dick. Well, sure. If you want to be focused on dicks the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Wow, okay. Certain people are trying to do analysis. Right? You're, just, <laughs> you're trying to turn this into a porno, but all right. <laughs> mm. um, oh, fuck. Where are we now? Right? Okay, but I, yeah, anyway. But we yeah. still... So he leaves the... Jeeves fuck you up that often <laughs> thing, yeah. right? Yes. He runs away. Yes. And he gets to his mother's house to find out it's too late. Yes. The mother's already been buried. Yes. And I think that's true. Which, it kind of doesn't make sense to me. Because he goes into the house and there's still a casket there with a body in it. And a decapitated head. Well, not the head. But, a, you know, a decapitated body. So how does that work? I don't know. Yeah, me too. Anyway. Okay. Uh, something we didn't mention is that throughout this, it, kept, it keeps getting intercut with like uh, a cruise boat took with his mother when he was a child. Yes. Yeah. Right. Uh, he meets Elaine, who is the complete opposite to Bo. Yes. Bo lets, kind of lets things happen to him while Elaine kind of makes things happen. Yeah. Right. She's less squeamish. She goes around telling people somebody died in the yeah in the pool, or, you know. She goes and knocks on all the doors. She's the yeah. opposite. Yes. To that, right? Yeah. And Bo has a bad experience. Yeah. Okay. What What do you mean by bad experience? Like he has a bad experience with Elaine. He has trauma from this. Oh, right? from the boat trip. Yeah. Oh yeah, because she gets pulled out and. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And he dies in the boat at the end. That has something has to do with the, the cruise okay. in some capacity, I think. Okay. Yeah, I see it. But here's another scene, like where his mother kind of gives him good advice. Okay. She like tells him, you know, you're gonna grow up and uh, you you'll get a girl that deserves you or something like that. Yeah. I think that actually happened. Okay. That his mother was trying to console him. Console him. Yeah. But he has a negative view of his mom so it's viewed as like a very negative scene or like a scary scene yeah you know like the there's lights going over her face and she's usually like shrouded in darkness yeah right yes so I think that's him being upset or afraid of his mother and construing her genuine concern into like a negative thing you know yeah okay yeah do we, yeah. Uh, do we have to say anything too much about the boat uh, not really. I mean, we we spoke about all the important bits. Yeah, I'd say. I think he just viewed that situation very negatively. Yeah. Even though his mother was very supportive and nice, uh, yeah. he just couldn't like get over. Yeah. What a bad time it was. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, <laughs> so we uh, we meet old Elaine. Yes. Who works for his mother? Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, 
they have sexual relations. They do. And uh, Elaine dies. Well, this is the thing, right? Yeah. So his mother told him that uh, his father died at the point of ejaculation. Yes. And his grandfather and his great grandfather, the same thing happened to them. Yes. That's obviously a lie. Well, we don't know. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> it's just, it's possible that maybe he did. And the the murmur wasn't passed on to the... So the last bit about the murmur is a lie. We know that because he didn't die. But what? You know how uh, she says he has a heart murmur? So, well... His father had a heart murmur. Yes, yes. So. That's the, the reasoning, but yes. Yeah. So, we know that Bo doesn't have that same condition. Why? Because he ejaculated and he didn't die. But that's what I'm saying. It's a lie. Well, that that bit is a lie, yes. But we don't know about his father and grandfather and great-grandfather. Why would he not have it if it's genetic? That could be... It's obviously a lie. It could have become a recessive gene. Why did Elaine die? Is she a member of his family? She could be. What? Bro, it's... Okay. Here's another transgender reading. Okay. His... Okay. Not a transgender reading. There's a lot of reasonings about the... The mother... Okay. Actually, we, we're not there yet. Sorry, let's just finish off Elaine, right? Okay. Elaine dies. Yes. All right, let's go. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that's a very funny scene, right? Well, because uh, yeah. they play Always Me by Baby. Yes. And then the mother comes out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? But again, I don't believe that's what happened. Okay. I believe that's his paranoia. Okay. The most paranoid feeling you can have is once you finally have sex your mother comes out of the <laughs> the, the clo- like you know the the bathroom the bathroom or whatever and says I was watching you or you know something like that yeah that's the most that's the catastrophic event that's why I think that's that's what he's imagining that's there's no way that actually happened yes okay then you know her like confronting him I believe what we see the woman mm-hmm. in front of us presented by Patty Lupone. Yeah. That's a figment of his imagination. Okay. Right. I don't believe that's a physical person. That's his subconscious. Okay. Uh, like projecting a person there. Okay. Of what his mother would be like. Yeah. Right. Uh, so again, like I said, I think the mother is dead. Okay. This is just his imagination. Yes. His anxiety of he finally had sex. And what now his, she's... What if his mother, right... She was watching the whole time, yeah. Right. That mother personality... Because this this has a lot of, like, throwbacks to the movie Psycho. Okay. Have you seen that? No. No. Alfred Hitchcock Psycho, right? Okay. It's a guy, his name is Norman Bates. Mm-hmm. He... <laughs> his mother, like, uh... He's very overbearing. Okay. That turns him into a serial killer. Okay. 
and we we get it like a, a nod to that scene where because Norman Bates is always looking through the eye hole mm-hmm. at the beginning of the movie walking Phoenix looks looks through the eye hole yeah when something I can't remember when is at his apartment right? when the letters come through yeah but it we, looks, it's yeah. it's like a recreation of the shot from Psycho okay but yeah so that's what I'm saying uh, he um Norman Bates had a mother personality here he had multiple personalities okay and it's because his mother was so overbearing there was a mother personality within him okay. i believe walking phoenix has that mother personality okay like haunting him yeah. you know okay and uh yeah so that that mother personality unlocks certain things that he hid away yeah now okay. we've kind of presented the idea that he had a twin brother and the twin brother was locked in the attic yes and the patty lapone tells him your twin brother is up there and your father yes so he goes up there and he sees like a twin bow yes i believe that's not real okay i believe that's also another figment of his personality okay that was the brave like uh the brave bow yeah yeah what he could have been yeah but because of his mother's overbearingness she locked it away Okay. The attic is also, you know, like your brain. Yeah. The attic is the top of your, your the house, your brain, your you know, yeah. your head is yes. the top of your head. So I believe what's in the attic is you know, his yeah. locked up personality. And the penis monster is potentially there's there's a lot of readings of that, right? Okay. Potentially his mother was assaulted. Yeah. And raped. Yeah. And his father, you know, just he, he just views it as the penis yeah because that's what he has nothing to do with this you know rapist yeah but there's nothing in text that kind of supports that reading yeah it could be that uh the mother kind of hates the father so much that uh and bo knows so little of him yeah. that he's been reduced to a penis the only thing that he knows for sure is that come came out <laughs> right yes so that's the, the only thing he knows for sure is that he had a dick yeah so that's why he's visualized as being a you know a penis monster okay uh, now here's the thing yes could Bo's mother be a transgender woman <sighs> it's I mean it's hard to say because well in real life we don't have the technology for that at the moment. I'm not so. saying she gave birth to Bo. Okay. I'm saying the other mother gave birth to Bo. The which other mother? What? Like Martha. So you have a mother and a father. Yes. The father became a transgender. Woman. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. The other mother gave birth to Bo. Yes. That okay. mother died. Okay. Yeah, that's possible. Now the woman died. Yes. Oh, fuck. It, this doesn't work. What? So okay. this is the thing. I was going to say maybe if Bo's mother died. The one in the movie or the the previous one. Okay. But she would have had to have given birth to him. So <laughs> she couldn't yes. have died uh, at conception. No. So this is what I was saying, right? Perhaps you know the mother tells Bo that your father died 
when they have sex. Yes. So maybe the first time they had sex is when the father realized he wasn't a cis, a cis male. Okay. And that was the moment he decided to become transgender. He decided to transition. Yes. Yeah. It, uh... That's why when, when he, he said, your father died when you were born. When you, you know, conceived. When, when you conceived. Yeah. Because that moment is when the, the mother realized that they're not a cisgender man. They're okay. a transgender woman. Yeah. So when they say your father's locked up in the attic, it's when the surgery happened and, you know, that's what's left off, quote unquote, the father. Yeah. Because it's just, you know, they cut off the dick. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. So the mother is a transgender woman and the reason you see a penis once in the attic is that's what's left off, you know, quote the unquote, father. the father. Oh, and it, uh, yeah. it leads into my transgender reading of the movie. Yeah. And if you think about it, right? Bo represents the incel white man of America. Yes. His mother being transgender, because all of his anxiety and, and you know, being upset <laughs> is about his mother. <laughs> so if the mother were, were transgender, right, it's about, that represents all their feelings. They feel upset about transgender people, right? Yeah. Um, so anyway, this... So like I said, this this end end bit. Yeah. After, I think he has sex with. What's her name? Uh, the the lady Elaine. Oh Elaine, yeah. She dies, and that's for real. Okay. But that is another Greek twist of fate. Okay. It's a coincidence, right? Okay. That the moment he had sex, she died. Okay. And it also kind of feeds into his paranoia. He's yeah. paranoid that he's going to die when he has sex. Yes. And it happens and, ah, guess what? Finally, a moment of, uh, you know, something nice happens. He doesn't die. But, but then he looks up and she's... In a, in a cruel twist of fate, <laughs> she dies, right? That would be the perfect, like, you know, Greek yeah. twist. Yeah. Then, so everything that happens after that, I believe, is in his head. Okay. Like I said, when the mother comes out yeah. and reveals these things, that's him... That's another part of his personality revealing it to himself. Yes. That he goes to the attic and, you know, yeah. confronts the fact that this part of himself was uh, locked away. Yeah. And uh, that he, you know, the father was like locked away as well in the attic yeah. and he never had a proper relationship with his father. Yeah. Now, due to all this guilt, yes. I believe that, you know, end scene where mm -hmm. he's in the like Colosseum yeah and uh, the mother is still there because he sorry he strangles the mother yes but then she's just there in the next scene in you know yeah in the Colosseum yes so that's why I believe that's not a real scene yeah <laughs> obviously right? makes sense yeah he he killed he tried to kill that part of his personality yeah but it didn't die it just like you know like dissipated and reconfigured itself yeah right now he's in that part of his uh, in the brains we end up the movie in the boat yeah and we have a sham trial yes because they don't say we're here to see if you're guilty or not they say we're here to assess the extent of your guilt yeah <laughs> he's <laughs> right? already guilty yes yeah so now there's a lawyer who's not 
is far away in the background and you keep shouting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they have mics. They're speaking. Yes. So fine. again, it's a sham trial. Yeah. Uh, and they just go through all his various guilt, guilt feel, you know, induced moments. Yes. And I feel at the end he kills himself. Okay. Because he allowed, you know, his trauma from his childhood to yeah. lead up to this moment. Okay. Yeah. If he had worked on his issues, like the play said. Yes. You know, learned a skill. You know, the, the <laughs> all the stuff, the family, all yeah. the stuff in the in the play. Yeah. He wouldn't be. Yeah, no. Okay, yeah. Alright. Yeah. That's my reading of the movie. Oh, yeah. It's a very... It's... You know how... Okay. Uh, you know how I always say there's movies that should be analyzed and movies that should be watched for fun. Mm. And you disagree. Mm. I think this is one of those movies that should be analyzed. Which yeah, I had it's, fun. Yeah, I, I know. So then, you yes, you've made your point with how it works for you. But for me, I'm not personally, saying. Alright, Karen. Yeah. So for me personally, that's I just, I think this is one of those analyzing movies. But I personally am not able to analyze it because I, I don't know. I just don't see these things. So, for me, it was kind of uh, not great. Would you use the word boring? Uh, no. I would use confusing. Alright, let me just go back to what I said in the intro. Yes, right at the beginning. Yeah. I said... Movies like this have the potential to start arguments, and I've been around the block enough times to know how the discourse about these types of movies go. Yes. Right? Certain people say it's brilliant. Yes. Certain people say it's confusing. Yes. <laughs> and the first group will con- condescendingly say, well, you only think it's bad because you don't understand it. Yes. And this starts a bitter back and forth between the two parties. Yes. Just because someone didn't like something doesn't mean they don't understand it. But even if they didn't understand it, they could still find the movie boring and unbothered without finding out the meaning. Yes. So that last bit, I think, is you. Yeah. You didn't, uh, you didn't use the word boring, but yeah. you're not bothered to find out the meaning. And yeah. that's totally fine. I don't like arguing about personal taste. Yes. Right? Yes. Like I said, I address this. Carry on. Yeah, that's... Um... I mean that's that's really about it. Yes, if you don't yeah. if you don't find the uh like I said with these confusing movies, if you don't find the if there's nothing on the visual layer or like the yeah, the first layer to to grab you. Yeah. You won't find the the, the want or need to yeah. you know dig deep and yeah. find the meaning. And that's yeah. fine. I'm not uh <laughs> yes. just disagreeing. You can have whatever opinion you want. Yeah. yeah. So is cool. that it? Yeah, that's it for me. All right. Uh, so, uh, recommendations. Recommendations. I don't even have recommendations. Wow. I've been so busy. Mm, yeah, uh, can I tell them? Uh, you had a test. I did have a test, yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't that's, have a, Yeah, that's it. I don't have a test. I had nice. you know, work and then... When I got home, I watched movies. Nice. <laughs> Must be nice. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I watched L. Okay. I don't know what L is. Um, 
Is it about the lady from Legally Blonde? No. Okay. But uh, do you know who Paul Verhoeven is? No. Yeah, I'm a big fan of his movies. Okay. Uh, and they covered him on Blank Check. Ah, right, okay. So, you know, like, they, they do an initial series and then off, uh, after their series, if he makes other movies, they'll cover him again. Yeah. So I went through his initial run. Okay. But L came out after their initial run. Okay. So I just got to the L episode and I watched L. Yeah. Excellent movie. It's a French... Uh, it's like a satire on a French murder mystery. Oh, okay. Right. I really had a great time with it. It stars uh, Juliette Dupair. Oh, sorry. Not Juliette. Isabelle Dupair. Okay. She was nominated for Best Actress at the Oscars uh, wow. for this in 2016. Damn. Okay. Really enjoyed it. That's cool. Uh, but it's a very hectic movie. Okay. Uh, there's uh, a lot of uh, rape oh. and like uh, abuse. Okay. So if you, you know, that's a, a deal breaker, then obviously I don't think you should watch it. Okay, yeah. But then he made another movie called Benedetta in 2021. Okay. Uh, it was, uh, it's a story about a nun. Okay. Her name is Benedetta. <gasps> She's like a, potentially a con woman. <laughs> oh. What? Okay. Right. She's like conning the people around her into thinking she is like a, you know. A nun. Like, uh, no, like the wife of Jesus. Oh. Like she has like powers or something. Okay. Yeah, it's a very interesting movie. Oh, and uh, she's a lesbian. Okay. So she's having sex with another nun. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> Didn't expect that. Yeah, there's okay. a lot going on, right? Yeah. Uh, the next thing is I watched Lost in Space. It's a movie. Uh, Lost in Space was a TV show. Okay. Yeah. And they made a movie uh, adaptation of it in 1998. Okay. Uh, it's fine. It's, it's, they, they were trying to like take an episodic show and make a movie about it. Yeah. It didn't work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, so like, it's fine. It's a little bit of fun, but, uh, not a great movie. Okay. Uh, following on from the Buster Keaton, you know, the whole saying, I've yeah. been watching Buster Keaton movies. Yeah. I watched Sherlock Jr. Okay. That's currently my favorite, uh, uh, Buster Keaton movie. Wow. Okay. Very fun. Uh, the next thing is uh, since we last recorded yes do you know what May the 4th is Star Wars Day oh you know about Star Wars I do know oh, about Star very Wars interesting but you've never seen any of the movies well I watched A New Hope <sighs> alright cool are we done yet yeah okay no <laughs> <laughs> no, no I mean <laughs> I mean with your bullshit <laughs> yes pretending to know all about Star Wars and you watched one movie I know all about Star Wars alright but anyway on May the 4th they released uh, season 2 of Star Wars Visions okay which are these like 5 to 10 minute vignettes okay of like uh, <laughs> you know oh. like uh, stories from the Star Wars universe oh okay that's pretty cool yeah, it came out on May the 4th and they also put out something called Star Wars Young Jedi Adventures. Okay. Of like these kid Jedis. <laughs> Lots of people have been making memes of Anakin. Yeah. Kid, the, young, well, I was gonna... <laughs> the young kids <laughs> with these characters. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the next thing is uh, the current blank check series I'm going through is Catherine Bigelow. Yes. Talk about her, James Cameron's ex-wife. Yeah. And I don't want to diminish her by saying that, oh, James Cameron's ex-wife. But yes. She is James Cameron's ex-wife. Yeah. <laughs> but she is. she is an excellent uh, director in her own right. She can be both. And I've been really enjoying her filmography. Okay. But, I don't know if this is rude to say, but 
the movies I like most. Yeah. One written by James Cameron. Oh no. <laughs> the other one produced by James Cameron. Oh, no. <laughs> but no, yeah, the one is called Strange Days. Okay. Written by James Cameron in the 80s. Okay. So she made it like a much more I know Strange Days is a very underrated movie. Okay. I had a blast with this. I'd never heard of it and I was like, wow. This predicted the death of Tupac. Damn. <laughs> <So>. Okay. <laughs> That's yeah. The Simpsons. Yeah. But like but, it was like one year before. Uh, he died in 96. This came out in 95. Damn. And yeah, James Cameron wrote it in 86. So So really they predicted it 10 years before. Well, I don't know what the initial script looked like cuz I was Okay. Yeah. He just wrote his story and then uh, handed yeah. it off to her, and then like, then you know, obviously over and... the the course of making the movie, things change. Yeah. So yeah, it gets revised in there. Well, I've mentioned this before, but Succession. Yeah. Excellent. Succession. <laughs> this I was watching it before you came here. Yeah. Uh, this latest episode, I had such a ball. Oh, unbelievable! Okay. <laughs> what a what a show. Love that. Um, yeah, I really love Kieran Culkin. Yeah. His haircut in this episode was. Chef's kiss. Okay. And yeah. Okay. And uh the last thing is I watched 1986's The Hitcher. The Hitcher. The starring, Hitcher. Starring Rutger Hauer. Do you okay. know who that is? No. He's the bad guy in Blade Runner. Oh. Yeah, I still don't know who that is. All right. He's in the board of directors at Wayne Corp in Batman Begins. Right. Okay. Yeah. Still don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, but anyway, uh he's a very famous actor. Okay. Uh he was in Paul Verhoeven's first Hollywood movie Blood and Fire. Oh, sorry, Fire and Blood. <laughs> Same difference. Right. But yeah, he's a very uh he's like, you know, like not Arnold Schwarzenegger, who's the other guy? Um Sylvester Stallone. Oh man. Rocky 4. Dolph Lundgren. Oh, he's like a very Dolph Lundgren type. Okay. He's just like a big <laughs> a big uh, European guy. Okay, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I I like him. The hitcher, he's like a a guy who just murders people who pick him up. Oh. So he's <laughs> he's like the people our parents warned us about yeah. picking up on the He's, side he's of the like road. a character that would be in Boys Afraid. Ah. Like, right, okay. <laughs> got you. Mm. Okay. So, I would anya. I would say so. Yeah. So yeah. Thank you for listening. Thank you. you. No? You you're saying something. No, I was just saying thank you. All right. Well, I thank them first and was more hearty, I think. Thank you very much for your kindest support during the launch the launch of our podcast. Well, uh, listeners, I love you in a sexual way. <laughs> so <laughs> So uh, once again I win. <laughs> listeners, I love you more than him. He's he's a bad person. <laughs> Right. He said thank you uh, whatever whatever you heard what I said <laughs> and I mean it. <laughs> anyway. So please remember to rate, review, subscribe, give a like, etc. Yeah. Uh importantly, needs to be a five-star review. Has to be. Please subscribe on Patreon to listen to our commentaries. Yeah. Um well, I was going to give them the link but uh I think I want to buy a URL that's like paysub.com. Okay. P a i c i p dot com. Okay. But uh, so I don't want to give you this <laughs> this URL, right? Yeah. P a i c i p dot com. Okay. Paysub dot com. But it's quite expensive. 
I was, oh no! Okay. I, was, I was I was contemplating paceup.co.za, which is like three hundred rand cheaper. Okay. Um, I don't know, but dot com just seems more you know international. It seems it's just more prestigious, you know. Yeah. Dot com. That is true. Mm. Okay. Anyway, it's called, we'll. It's not the. It's called the dot com bubble, not the dot co dot bubble. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah. This movie. Oh, this past like week was Mother's Day. Yes, so, it was. <laughs> yeah, and this was a movie about a mother. Yeah, that so, is true. Yes, and I think we're going to be covering her today. I'll, I'll speak about it with you just now. Okay. But I, I was okay. I'll just say it on mic. Okay, <laughs> let's go for it. A little peek behind the curtain. I was wondering if uh, the other one we could do is Joker. Oh, yeah. Because, like I said, this is very. This movie is clearly in conversation with Joker. Yeah. using the casting of Joaquin Phoenix as a you know very de- deliberate thing yeah and I believe this is a far better movie than Joker okay Le Joke yeah <laughs> <laughs> so we could do Hereditary to be you know in line with Ari Aster we could do Joker to be in line with uh, Joaquin Phoenix Joaquin yeah so yeah listeners you'll find out when <laughs> <laughs> you know uh, yeah see you when, on Patreon yeah. To figure out what. Oh no! The, the reason I brought up Mother's Day is like uh, you know I was saying tell a yeah. family member, tell a friend, yeah. tell your mother to listen. Oh yeah. Or if uh, your grandparents are tech savvy, tell your mother's mother to listen. Mm. It's the longest episode. It is. Yes. And I thought it would be. Yeah, and it is. Yeah. Au revoir. Goodbye.